Welcome, everyone, to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I am Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Corbin. Welcome, everyone. Sorry we're starting a little bit late this week. Um, I had some birthday issues that I tried to get at home quicker, but couldn't. So we had to start a little bit a little bit later. But uh, thank everyone for, for coming on and, and hanging out in the chat tonight. We're going to have a good time regardless. So uh, what's going? what you listening to there, Corbin? Um, the sweet sound of your voice, man. I bob oh. into an orchestra, my own making. There you go. Hey, you know. He he is on hold with a customer right now trying to diagnose their uh, technical problem. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, did you turn it off and turn it back on again? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes, I did. Ma'am, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to have you do that again. Will you please shut your device off and turn it back on? Why do I have to keep shutting it off, turning it on? God damn it. Oh, you do have a great old lady, Kyle. Thank you. I said I turned it off, and I'm trying to turn it back on again. I, I have a feeling you uh, you hear that a lot at work every week, don't you, Kyle? Oh, <laughs> I'm sure he does. Me is more, did you turn in this book? Did you renew my library card? Yes, ma'am, I did. I don't know, because I checked today... And my email iPad said you did. Did you check the Wi-Fi? What's Wi-Fi? And then it's okay. Well, well there we go. <laughs> Wait, people still use library cards? People still go um, to the libraries? Matt, are you serious? Yeah. Yes, they do. People, you get comics for free with Hoopla. You get free access to movies, music. I mean, I, it's not a library PSA, but yes, like libraries hold value. Huh? So it's like Pirate Bay. What's with all the hoopla? Oh, wow. <laughs> and here we go. Support your libraries, good people. Um, they exist and they're changing for people like you to discover them. Okay? So and you. we're out. Yeah. All right. And that's Everybody it. have a good night. It's dead time. Only you can stop forest fires. I mean, I guess a, a book could be the same way as a comic. We feel about comics where the, we like to feel the book in our hand more than the digital landscape. Well, you know, it's the funny thing. I work primarily with the electronic stuff to help customers out. So you got ebooks, you got email. I'm, I'm all on that end now. That's kind of my main job. But they're adapting. That's what I'm trying to say. But anyway, you didn't want to hear. So about basically, that. you're saying you're bringing your work home with you right now as you talk on your headset and take tech support calls. <laughs> and we're gonna stop right there. <laughs> uh, Ma'am, are you sure it's plugged in? I know if it's plugged in. How many blinky lights do you see? Where do you want to see Blinky Lights at? You're seriously doing this right now? <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, man. Yes, he is. This, this, this is going to be the bread one, the bread joke now. We're just going to keep going with this until I go back. You liked, you liked the previous Spotty Bosa Donuts recording, Corbin, didn't you, Kyle? You missed that one, huh? Because I sure missed the donuts. <laughs> we can bring that back. <laughs> Chad says in the, in the chat, what's his name? Corbin, what's he wearing? Khakis and an absolute geek shirt? He sounds hideous. <laughs> Classic. That's a good one, Chad. Uh, Shout out to you there. 
Well, it's it's Friday, guys. Another end of the week. Anything uh, interesting happened to you guys this week? No. no. Not a damn thing. Work? Nothing exciting. That is, it's so Yeah. I mean, Todd McFarlane's apparently going to, like, um, the Alamo draft house right by my job, like, maybe 10 minutes away from my job. But I will actually be at my job. So that does nothing for me. You know where um, I'll be? Where? Are you serious? You're literally going to be like 15 minutes away from me. Like, I might go over there for lunch, get some Dairy Queen, and drop by. But like, 301 that they're selling there. Make make sure that you bring Dairy Queen for all of us if you're. you're Are you going down there too, man? All of a sudden you insert yourself there. I'm thinking about it. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe stick around. We'll get Dairy Queen after. That would be cool. But I'm. See, we could do that. Look at that. Oh, but no. Cute. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to get my Batman spawn signed by him, and I was really, really hyped up for that. And then I looked at the schedule and was like, oh, by the way, Corbin, you're working for 9 to 5, which, like, perfectly coincides with so much of the hours. So now I'm like, wow, that's a bummer. I have nothing for Tom McFarland to sign, oddly enough. Really? Yep. I'm not going to have him sign anything. I just want the 301. Mm. You're not going to have him sign you're it? Also, you're not going to do home? You're not going uh, to have him sign it? What? You're Batman 301. <laughs> I mean, Spawn 301. I think Batman. No. I was oh, thinking also about Spawn afterwards. So that's cool. 301. Hmm. No, no, I said they're showing the movie Spawn. Oh, man. No one cares about that. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. Apparently, Brandon's comics is setting up and selling variants and such. Nice. Shout I think it's going to be fun. I get, I'm going to go to school in the morning and then I got to. And then I'm going to drive fucking like a bat out of hell to get all the way to goddamn Chandler. Who the fuck does anything in Chandler? Technically, you're in Sun Lakes. Like, you're in Chandler, but you're right next to Sun Lake, which is a small senior community that I serve at the Robeson Public Library. You know what? Who also, the it's like fuck sun. does anything <laughs> it's like sun old City people where in I live. Chandler? Ow. It's like Sun City where I live. You know what they should have done in wow. Westgate? We have a library over there, too. Look at that. Anywho. Yeah, that'll be cool. But other than that, yeah, it's so, been bummy. I hope we get to see everybody at Todd McFarland tomorrow, except Corbin. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Excuse me, man. You have to turn the e-reader on. You have to maybe lose my mind about yeah, this. Right at the top. You see it? At the top, lady. Don't you talk to me like that, young man. It's that fucking button on the top. Turn it on. You like <laughs> it? Who's, who's got the headset on? I think it's me, lady. I have the headset on. <laughs> I can't. I seriously can't. <laughs> uh, aside from that, penny pinching for next week in Tucson. So that's been not fun because a lot of things I want to do and I can't. Just do it. Why, why are you oh, penny pinching? Huh? Why are you penny pitching for Tucson? For the bus money to get there. Yeah. Well, no, I want to live it up over there a little bit. I'm going to eat everything look, over there. Look, I mean, I'll be I don't honest. What's over there to eat. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I won't what? be honest. Never mind. No, 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 Matt. Speak your truth. <laughs> Let us hear it. No, I was just gonna okay. say. I know. I know that they are uh, gracious enough to give us a, a press pass, but there's there's not a whole lot at that convention that interests so, me. To be fair, to be fair, I, and if if I may um, go on, I did see the program and everything, and I am right there with you, now, Matt. Like I was looking at the panels. Aside from like what's actually there, it's like there's nothing of note. But there are booths, so you know there's books to buy. Ooh. Friendship. 
there's hanging some, out together. There's Terminator guys, comes out. There's yeah. that. There's some and guys there's, from another show that like to come on this show. He looks oddly enough like Kyle. I almost confuse him with Kyle sometimes. And, oh, Kyle you know, with the gun. Yeah. Sometimes, right uh, sometimes that they that way they crunch couches, but uh. You know, he, he spent, what, the last, what, year and a half talking up Tucson Comic-Con and but how great their turnout was last year. And then this convention lineup makes me not even want to go. I feel bad for people who, I feel bad for people who spent money on this convention to go. All right. Well, listen, either way, you got to look at it like this. All of us, good friends, food fun drinks. That's what I'm looking at as. I'm not really going to be knocking down the door for panels. Exactly. You said it, Kyle. I'm not knocking down the door for panels anymore. No. I'm I'm probably going to give a hard cap on the amount of money I spent on books out there. But, I mean, there's movie... I mean, Terminator comes out. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun weekend. And that's what I'm looking at. Well, yeah, because you're just going to go home and put them next to a water heater. You're just going to go home and put them next to a water heater. You know what, Matt? Honestly, screw screw (laughs) you, Matt. Okay? You know what? Actually, the harder one to say was, hey, Matt, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't. I mean, I, just for that one moment, because that hurts. All my collections bad. So, so yeah. But no, it's gonna be fine. I'm looking forward to making the most out of it because I spent hard-earned vacation time on that, and I don't have any fucking like, another two months after this. So, like, it better be worth it, and that means I have to make it worth it. So, I have to party it up. I'm look, gonna be the party guy. Look, you're gonna go and you're gonna share a house with the couch crunchers, and all you're gonna hear about is how Lance looks like Kyle. Supernatural, Lance's <laughs> pop collection. So you know, it, it's listen. But but I'm, I'm I'm gonna be in the house sleeping. But other than that, I'm out, dude. I gotta live it up, okay? We we burn it, we burn it down. We're doing karaoke. I'm getting drunk. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be that. Type oh of man, thing. I You're might have drunk? to. I, I have, have to go. go just for drunk Corbin. Go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you gotta make it worth it. You gotta make it worth oh, it. Last man. time I did, yeah, yeah. So you know, it. it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be lit. Drunk it's gonna be lit. Corbin. Corbin. Everybody needs to go to Tucson now. Take a walk on the wild side, right? Hey, oh. yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. Long Island iced teas here. I come. Kyle, anyway. uh, your buddy, uh, your buddy who you called out in chat this week, Mister Andy Lundquist, is is uh, in the chat saying, "Guess who's back?" I don't see a Mister Andy. He's in the chat. Fa- he's on Facebook right now. Okay, I approve. Fucking finally. That's just because I've been calling him out for the last few weeks. Yeah. I know you don't listen, but. I guess I'll do this. But I appreciate it. I'm glad you're here, Andy. I'm glad everybody's here. Yes. It's always nice to see everyone in the chat this week. Welcome welcome Erica, a longtime listener who who can never seem to catch us live and happy she's in the Facebook chat tonight. So Yay. So um I have to hop over to the Facebook chat and say hi to everyone. Do it. Too late just did. You might have some drinking game people over there. They know what to do. They know what to do. Does your does your drinking game like group steadily increase every show or is it about the same people? Um it varies. I see quite a few of the drinking game people already chatting, so that's cool. There you go. If you're playing it, cheers. Hold on, Corbin Corbin's got an incoming call. Um, no, I was actually getting my list of uh, worst comic books together, making sure I had it ready. I prepped today, Matt. I worked awesome. hard. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So yeah. before we get into that, because uh, Corbin wanted to, Corbin's been telling me that he wants to talk comics, and then he doesn't get enough time to talk comics. We don't talk comics. And on, that on, on this show, we don't talk enough comics. 
So I'm gonna give Corbin. Oh, his, you're making fun of me. I'm mad. gonna give okay, Corbin I, his sure. own segment to talk comics. And well, it's interactive. It's interactive. It is. It is. So, but before that, I want to cover a couple other things. Let's talk about um, Watchmen. Watchmen came out on HBO. Uh, the first episode came out this week. Did you actually get to finally watch Corbin? Yeah, I got like 15 minutes of it. <laughs> and then it was time to get ready for the show. <laughs> I watched it. But shout out to you, Matt, for hooking it up. Yeah, you watched it, and I heard you loved it immensely, Kyle. Oh, my God. I was so enamored. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. It felt like that hour was like 30 seconds. Gotta love it. That was me watching Titans this morning. I feel the exact same way. There you go. So, um, Except they, I'm completely being sarcastic and that fucking show is garbage. Well, I'm interested to hear hear what you didn't like about it because it, it picks up after the, com- the comic book. Yeah. It, it's not, it has not, it like, they, it's kind of interesting how they kind of stepped around the event to the movie. Because if you if you've read the comic versus the movie that came out, you know at the end um, they release a giant squid in the t- in the town in the comic book, and in the movie it's a nuclear bomb. So I found it kind of interesting that they they still keep more events to- of of the comic variety in the show ver- versus the movie. But what so what what didn't you like about it, Kyle? I I think it's just something about HBO shows. They all just seemed to kind of drag for me. There's just there was a couple cool spots, like the best spots when they're blowing up the couch. Yeah, with the gun. I mean, but other than that, it was. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this was just. All right, we just need something to 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 pivot on. You know what I mean? And then it's gonna really pick up, and the and the rest of the episodes are gonna be better. I just found it boring. I just it didn't hold my interest. So just in, to kind of um, give a little bit of backstory here for everyone, if you didn't see the episode but are familiar with the comics, like I said, it's it's set, I believe it's set in 2019 um, after the event of the comic book. So the, the producers have come out this week and said that the way to look at it is Rorschach's journal was published. When he drops the, his journal in the mail slot of the newspaper – in the in the book and the movie, it was published. So now you have the the police are hunted and have to wear masks, and so they've kind of taken up the identity of the Watchmen superheroes to be able to fight crime and do the things police officers need to do without being recognized as police officers. And normal beat cops have to cover their face, and so Rorschach is now being used as a symbol by anti-government establishments. So it's almost like if the the triple K's were Rorschach now. I know. I know. I see your face, Corbin. Oh, but it, sorry. it's kind of like that. They're they're a ter- they're considered a terrorist group, uh, but they're using the symbol of Rorschach, the masks to to do their work and it is it is a very it's a very slow burn because it like it's after the Vietnam War. Vietnam is now a part of the United States, and so it, it's a it's a very it is a very slow burn. I I mean I enjoyed it because I'm kind of I was kind of intrigued. I think I I think I enjoyed it because I was kind of enamored trying to to figure out like how they're tying the comic into the show and like the way things are going. Like you see, they don't mention Night Owl by name, but you see the police are using Archie his his balloon and it's i don't know it's just weird 
trying to pick out the the differences between the comic and the and the show and where they're going with it. So you liked it because you're trying to differentiate? Well, I like I like shows like that, like the slower burn shows. I'm a huge fan of HBO shows, Game of Thrones, you know, Ballers. I, I liked stuff like that, but like I kind of felt like that too with like you did. I, I felt like it was a little it was a little rough going when they're explaining all the Vietnam stuff and how now Vietnam is a as a state. But as the show got to the end, I thought it w- it got better. So you're just an HBO fan, but since you also like Watchmen, you're you said you liked Ballers, and my brain just shut off. But you you basically are saying that <laughs> what you don't like Ballers? No, you're crazy dude. That's a fantastic no. show. Okay, but um, moving on, uh, you basically are saying that your interest in this is partly because of Watchmen in general, comics and everything, and right. partly because you're just a fan of HBO shows, and so you want to see the two of them combine in that sort of... Well, um, no, it's I'm a fan of the comic. I'm a fan of the Watchmen. You know, I've okay. read the before Watchmen stuff. I've read Alan Moore's Watchmen countless times. It's just a matter of, like, I want to see what they would do with it, because I thought for sure... You know, HBO, there's always been that talk, like, I'm a Walking Dead fan. There's always been that connection that The Walking, what what if The Walking Dead was on HBO? The Walking Dead would be so much better if it was on HBO. So it's just that kind of, like, connection, like, Outcast being on Cinemax, Outcast was good. So it was just interesting to see what HBO would do with it. I think HBO would destroy The Walking Dead and make it so utterly boring. I agree. They would. I think they would slow it so much down. Two, they would. Oh my! One zombie fight would probably be five episodes. Pointless dialogues, long drawn out action, quote unquote sequences. That's my personal belief. But yeah, if it was on, if it was been on HBO this whole time, they would have been on like season two by now. <laughs> With like forty six episodes. Ugh. Well, I decided. I thought it was kind of interesting. Like just. I wanted to see what they would do with it. And I liked some of the stuff they did. Some of the stuff I was kind of like, what, what's going on here? And I'm, I'm hoping like Kyle says, is it goes along? It, it, it gets better. I don't know if they're just trying to establish everything. Um, but like the, the part I was kind of like iffy about was like when it just all of a sudden starts raining squid. And I was like, I the, there's an alarm that goes off. Yeah. And so I was like, know to pull over for it. why is it raining squid? But then, it's raining squid. <laughs> Hallelujah! It's raining squid. But then that's what made me connect to the the comic is maybe it's the government's way of using the events of the giant squid attack to to kind of keep people in line. So they just sound the alarm and it rains squid randomly to, to try and keep people, you know, in in line. I guess as I say it again. The fear of the squid. To the keep fear of the squid, yeah. It's uh, squid. Destroying the city. Hallelujah. But like, there, there was some cool, there was some cool parts in it, like when the Rorschach <laughs> gang starts liquefying all those cows with with a big old turret gun, and you know, you seeing the police chief getting hung by hung by a tree at the end by his neck by the the old guy that asked her when tree. yeah or well well hung in a tree by his neck. The tree grabbed him. Yeah, and gave him a big old hug. By the old man that she sees outside of her bakery asking when her bakery's going to open. So, it's a Detroit Red Wings hat trick. (laughs) Uh, 
chances it's a Detroit Red Wings hat trick. Yep, throwing a squid on the ice. But oh, that's a hockey thing. Yeah, Kyle, Brian would get ah, it here. I just got it. <laughs> but um, so Kyle, you're not. You're. Are you going to keep watching it, or are you going to bail? I'm going to keep watching it. I only give it one and a half couch cushions and a and an eighth of a arm pillow. Wow. High praise. And I took the ottoman back home with me. Yes, we, we in the desert understand hockey slang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Red Wings fan, so I know all about throwing the squid on the ice, Jed. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd... I went into it not knowing what to expect and like I can't say that I'm disappointed but I can't say that I'm exactly like enthusiastic about it. Also like every other HBO show. No, I love HBO shows. Like I don't find them I love Game of Thrones, like I said Ballers. The only good HBO show was Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down is one of my favorites. Um Vice Principals was good. Um what's the uh, uh, Silicon Valley is a fantastic show. Yeah, that's the good one. So, I I just I usually think like HBO is not going to do it do it wrong, but I don't know. I think what HBO does with a lot of these shows is they sit down and they go, "Okay, we're going to write dialogue and we're going to we're going to act we're going to get this scene written down. Let's make it as fucking mind numbing as we can, and let's see how far we can stretch it out so all these dolts." We'll just keep watching it because now they, you know, we spent four episodes doing nothing. So now they're committed. And they now they, since they've wasted so much of their lives, they have to wait to the last episode now. So they're going to go through it. Let's do it. Good job. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> That's what they do. Well, I think they're kind of running into the same problem that DC ran into when they were like, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to launch before Watchmen and we're going to talk about the Minutemen and we're going to tell you some stories about the individual members of the Minutemen and you're, you're making up stories to try and fit the narrative of Alan, Alan Moore's book and I kind of think that's the same struggle and it didn't it fell flat and that's kind of the same struggle they're going to have with this show is they're trying to continue off of the events of Alan Moore's book and to you know, today's society and they're trying to use a lot of political um, issues that are yeah rhetoric or issues that are ha happening today to drive their narrative and I just don't know if it's gonna it's gonna work the way they're hoping it is. So. It won't work like they think it will. I, I'm probably done personally. I mean, I'll finish the first episode because you're kind enough to hook me up with it just to see it. But I wasn't too enamored with it to begin with. Um, I do think there's a lot of elements that made me feel not uncomfortable, but just not something I was really into. I think that's the point um, of it is it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but like like there's movies like Joker that made me feel uncomfortable that I know where the point and there's mo and there's shows like this where they made me feel uncomfortable but I would imagine that they would want me to have some type of enjoyment from it and I'm getting literally nothing of that sort. But I've only watched like the first 15 20 so I got to give it the full you know to kind of feel it out. I had this after 15 minutes I actually I had close to the same thought I was like Oh my god, this is terrible! Like it was that first. Bit, it's really hard to keep your interest. You're just like it doesn't pick you up at all. No, it's it's just they're not really doing anything except throwing out a couple of little things of what's going on. But other than that, it's like that real first fifteen minutes is 
until she puts that costume on mm-hmm. and goes and fucking breaks through that that door and grabs a dude. Up until then, you were just like, "What the fuck is this?" But, but at the same time, I also want to say that it does like it. I guess the enjoyment of this show is more subjective. Like you were saying, I guess Kyle, as far I mean Matt, as far as like making um, you feel uncomfortable. Huh? Nothing. <laughs> I was like, what? You said my entire flow. No, but it's subjective as far as your enjoyment of it because I am not liking Watchmen one bit, but yet I'm really liking Batwoman and other people's like, Batwoman, what? Uh, so I'm not like bagging on it in that sense. I'm just saying that I personally am not enjoying it. Not like some movies where I can go, that movie sucked and it just is what it is. No, I'm just not deriving the same enjoyment of this show that let's say Matt is or, or somebody else in the chat or some other person. Um, for me, I understand that it's purely just my own feelings there, but it is not hooking me. I think the politicalness is fine. I'm okay well, with that. Man, being a message, I'm going to be as nice about this as I possibly can, <laughs> and I'm going to have this long explanation of, to tell Matt that I think the show sucks, but I don't want to tell him that. <laughs> so I'm going to put you in a brief hold while I wrap this up. He's trying not to get fired again. Exactly. I was to, thinking about it all week. For a day, a, I was, he wrote me a big, long, three-page apology about why he feels he should be on the show. And basically, you know, said that me and you are God and podcasting gods and that we're better than any podcast that he's ever been on. And, you know, he he definitely... Thank <laughs> 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 you, Carmen. Yep. So he, he I muted myself for a reason. <laughs> I'll say some words. I ain't want to be told here, okay? No, say them out loud. We're all adults here. I understand you think we're podcasting gods, and I appreciate no, it. No, until you fire me again, and I'm out. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying it to, to be fair. Like, no, I think the show sucked, yes. But I was trying to be eloquent in describing that um, your mileage may vary. And that it's not like a show like I'll Defend that is trash. Like, okay, X-Men The Last Stand. Horrible movie. I love that movie. But, like, everyone can understand it was a horrible movie. Watchmen's not horrible. It's just not something I like. Yeah, I love, the, the, I love the movie. The Watchmen movie is fantastic. I hated it too. What? Yeah. That big old blue schlong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I thought that leaving the squid out was, I mean, if you're going to go straight off the comic, then you keep all elements, especially one of the bigger elements of the story. Um, also, it just felt, uh, Zack Snyder was very heavy handed with it, in my opinion. Um, but no, wasn't a fan. I think leaving. Effect. I think it was a good choice to leave the, to remove the squid because then it just takes that wacky, silly turn, and it's just like the comic. As if seeing Manhattan's more, blue dong wasn't enough. Well, the comic. <laughs> I mean, the the nuclear bomb makes it more realistic feeling, I guess, minus the blue dong. But you know, I, I mean, I guess I get what you're saying, though. I I, I thought I would for the like part of me was saying, okay, yeah. Leaving it out is is more realistic. But then again, you're seeing other elements all throughout this movie. Sitting so going, okay, you can put this in. You're gonna put this in. We're gonna leave that out. No, but that's just one of the issues I had with it. I just wasn't a fan of Snyder at the helm of that one. Um, Chad, I was heavy handed. Chad says in the chat. So, what's your opinion on DC Watchmen coming out then? Batman holding the happy face button with blood seems like it could go. So, I mean, that's that. Yeah, the that was the tie in that they were trying to do with. Um, they're trying to do it with the doomsday clock. And like, we thought we thought we were going to get it at the beginning of rebirth when they did that store, little flash story arc with, mm-hmm. with all that. And we didn't, and then they brought out doomsday clock, but 
I'm I'm not up on Doomsday Clock. I bailed on Doomsday Clock a long time ago because it was taking so long to come out. I kind of yeah. bailed on it, and it, it just kind of felt like me that DC is just sees the Watchmen as a property that they can make more money off of. So they're trying to force them into the the DC universe for no apparent reason. Exactly. There's no context given. There's no real reason to say, "Oh, we have them, Doctor Manhattan." Yada yada, and it's like, okay, well, what exactly are you doing with it, though? And DC's like, but we have them, so we might as well insert them. Um, I agree. There's no direction there. Um, and that's I, I've bailed on that. Like, what? Let's just say very, very early. Um, it, it looks like it could go to but at the same time, again, if DC doesn't have a direction, they come up with some good artwork and some good imagery or something, or say the right things, and then you read the issue it and you realize that they're just with their feet stuck in the mud, um, just grasping at straws. And I think that's what they're doing with Watchmen and their property. Hello, Chad. Yeah, I'm going to put you on a brief hold while I get some more information about Watchmen for you. <laughs> I will get right back to you, sir. Thank you. Well, All right, guys. It's been a great night. Y'all have a go. <laughs> but, like, you're yeah, a punk tonight, Kyle. <laughs> because it just feels like they tried to use Dr. Manhattan as, as the person who created Flashpoint and spun out the new 52, and then they're trying to, to reset it with, you know, rebirth and. I just don't think it works, and I, I don't see it ever working. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to. Like I said, with Doom Day Clock, because I bailed on it. It'd be interesting. Someone who's still reading it. I don't know if Kyle's still reading it or not. If anyone is in the chat still reading it, to inform us about what their thoughts on Doomsday Clock is, because I bailed just because I was like, this is this is dumb. And when they kind of baited us, saying that okay, you're gonna have this overarching story going between Flash and Batman, that. Um, we, you know, with this storyline with the button and Dr. Manhattan and Batman and all that to to be like, nope, we're going to do it in a miniseries later on. It, it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. I don't know. Are you still reading it, Kyle, or no? I stopped like after issue three, two. Wait, yeah. you stopped after issue three as well or three? Yeah. You stopped after issue two? Are you talking about Doomsday Clock? Yeah. 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 I only read two issues. Oh, okay. I, thought- I stopped after like issue two. And then when I said. Uh, you said three, two, but who cares? Issue three, issue two. Somewhere tomatoes, I get you. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Kind of just to wrap up the Watchmen is I hope it gets better. I do um, too. Like. Like you were saying, I was kind of the same way. I was kind of fiddling with my phone, scrolling through social media during the first like 15, 20 minutes. And then when she put, finally puts on the the costume, it's when it's like it picks up. So I'm just hoping it, it suffers the same thing most pilots do where it's a slow burn, just setting everything up. And then it's going to be pedal to the metal going forward. But I hope so. I don't uh, I don't know how much that's going to happen. I'm going to for right now. Um, the Watchman is flub. We're not couch crunchers, goddamn. <laughs> Catch us back next week as we break yeah. down whether the pilot was a show of things to come. Yeah, we're trying to fucking <laughs> Faber flub. So you kind of uh, already did a transition to my pop collection. Stop. Would you like to see my pop collection? Uh, do you guys want to maybe watch a little bit of uh, Supernatural later? 
Ooh, I gotta watch that after we're done. We can we can watch some, some supernatural. Don't me and Kyle both drive Volkswagens. Don't you think me and Kyle look alike? <laughs> <laughs> me and Kyle are both fantastic people, and we we look alike. People get us confused all the time. <laughs> I like your Lance voice. Have you guys met my hetero life mate? My hetero life mate Max. Hey, yeah. Yeah, they're good dudes. Don't make fun. No, of they are. I'm just I'm just kidding, but. You know, you're over here trying to steal their gimmicks. So I just figured I would. I would, commit. I, would I, fig I, I figured I'd steer into the skin. Uh, the skin. I think it was a liar because it didn't really sound at all like it. It didn't. It's awesome. I can't do I a love, Lance yet. Do the Lance voice the rest of the show. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not as good as some other podcast hosts that, you know, are do do comedy and voices professionally. So, I just dabble. I just dabble. <laughs> But I can't. So we're not going there. So um, as I sit here and stroke my awesome pop figure of the newest pop for uh, Supernatural, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna transition now to something Corbin kind of touched on before, and that's Titans. What did you think of this week's episode of Titans? And what do you think of Titans of season two so far, Corbin? I'm loving season two. I, I I did not like season one at all. So I had a low bar. Um, it's definitely cleared it. I like that Deathstroke is the main antagonist moving forward. I think it's a lot more grounded. And I think that he is the antagonist that's best suited for this type of, you know, let's just limit the bad CGI and everything in these shows. Let's keep it as, you know, close on acting and, and, and you know, cut scenes and whatnot as far as um, action is concerned than anything that would draw me away from it, such as like the CW action scenes. But anyway, moving on to the actual story. Um, Really okay. like it. Corbin, slow down a little bit. I'm all over the place right now. I'm hopped up. Oh, did you snort some coffee before you started? <laughs> yeah. I drank some coffee, and coffee does the exact same thing as snorting for me. So, yes, you're right, Kyle. Yes. But I will slow down. One second. Shout out to Mike from Grizzle Geek in the chat. Guys, go check out Grizzle Geek. Subscribe to them. Yeah, for sure. Deathstroke is awesome, though. Um, I've liked the structure in this show. We get... You know, a couple steps moving forward in the present time. Then we get an episode or two back that's describing what led the Titans and um, Deathstroke to the path that they're currently on. And it's really good. It's a lot more focused on Dick Grayson, but it's also focused on Deathstroke. I think equal time has been given to Jericho, Rose. I, I can't say enough about the show. I've really, really enjoyed it. This last I mean, episode, I mean, first thing I did was wake up and watched it, and it was awesome. I know Matt enjoyed it so much he wants Dick now. Yes. Yeah. You can't wait till Dick goes tonight, right? Yeah, I can't. I can't between. We can't wait till D Dick becomes night and grows wings. I thought he said he wanted Dick at night, but whatever. Yeah. Saying while that. eating wings. Matt said he wanted Dick at night. Dick at night while eating wings. I'm going to get the bakery guy back. Oh, I can't make a joke. Forgot. Anyway. You're the one that puts you that those restraints on yourself. Yeah, because you're going to roast me the rest of the show. I don't want that. You're, I the, want one, that. you're the one who came in here and you were like, not gonna say anything tonight because I got owned when I tried to to roast you on couch. Okay, crunchers. I didn't say owned, but it was it didn't yeah. go well. It didn't no. go well. I tried, it, it didn't go well. So I'll take a break, take a step back. You tried to so roast. What, me. what are they doing with Deathstroke? That's so uh, that makes them so good. They, I mean, they're 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 doing it well, or what's up? Yeah, um, I mean that I forgot his name. His I know his last name's Esai. I forgot his first name. Um, his last name is Esai. Isai, I think I'm not even gonna butcher it. Anyway, I like the actor who's, who's portraying him. Uh -huh. um, as far as like his attributes and everything, no, he's just like a master assassin. I mean, they're not really doing anything too crazy. It is late. 
Oh, I thought you said it was a different name. No, he's no, not no, the actor the... that's playing Slade. Oh, okay. I like the actor who's portraying Slade. He's doing like a it was a really good job. Um, as far as like his attributes, his powers and abilities, you know, just really good with knives and guns and whatnot. They're not going super crazy on it. They talked about him being um, I mean, they showed an example with Rose where he can just you know, the, not the regeneration, but like basically impossible to kill. They've they've kind of um, touched on that, but he's just a really badass villain. Like that, that he is what he is in that. But he's also a complex character because it talks about his military background, mm-hmm. his fractured life with his son, his wife, and his daughter, and everything. So you kind of feel for the dude, not feel sorry for him, but you understand there's more depth built to the character. It's not we rolled this bad guy and oh he's so great. Let's do some pointless kills to really make him seem powerful. Every kill that he's given has been like. It's, it's for a purpose. It makes sense. And as the viewer, you understand it. Um, it's not just mindless violence for the sake of it. In fact, many of these episodes have been more to the, as Matt described earlier with The Watchmen, more of the slow burn variety. But it's in a way that keeps the story and the tension moving. So even though I could watch a whole 50-minute episode, maybe seen five minutes of actual action, I didn't feel bored or out of the show at any one point. Well, I like, I like to your point, Corbin, I like that they're... The way they're, like you said, the way they're doing it, it's, it's more psychological. So, yeah, they're not giving you a lot of action with him, but you're seeing that he's obviously instilled fear in this group of people, and he he doesn't have to, to attack them, like, you know, action-wise to, to get that fear and then make him still feel formidable. I think Mike so just like put it best. Well, yeah, I think Mike just put it best in the chat that he's not invincible, but he's still formidable. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, even today before... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Corbin. No, before he he had a, I'm not really giving a spoiler here, but he faced off against one of the Titans, and I think he was talking to his son. He's like, "Let me show you what happens to Titans," or something to that effect. Like, "Let me show you what we do to Titans," or something. And even that one line, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't really give a whole lot of that, but it was just, yeah, he's brutally effective. It's not too much in terms of the the combat, but it's enough. And 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 as Matt said, as the Grizzle Geek said. Exactly, he's formidable, and you can see that. Like, there's some weight there. Because at first, I'm sitting there going, "Okay, you have Connor, you have Robin, you have um, the other Robin, you got Raven, you have um, Wonder Girl, you have um, what's her name, Starfire against Deathstroke." Like, yeah, okay, you know, in comics and stuff, I could kind of see that working out. But in this show, like, how are you going to make it in a way that balances each character out, also having in conflict? with Deathstroke. And they've done an amazing job not only doing that in the present and in flashback sequences, but also you know, just building up. There's what, four episodes left in the season? Five episodes left in the season? And we've been building to whatever this end game will be, and I'm very excited to see what that is. I don't even know if with the way they've, they're taking it along, though, that we're going to finish the Slade Wilson arc by the end of the 13 episodes. Because, I'd be glad they don't. Because, like, it's like we get a big episode in the, in the present, and they talk about events that happened in the past, and then the next episode they go back and show you that, like, what happened in that past. So, like, well, Slate, not, I don't think he's one season character anyway. Like, the battle that he has always had with the Teen Titans deserves to be, like, he should always be in and out of it. Like, well, I think out of all the, he's been what portrayed three times. So if you go with um, the Teen Titans animated series, Arrow. And now Titans, the TV, that live action show. I think this is his best portrayal. Well, and the the short, it's you know hidden sequence, um, on the big screen. But I think this is the best portrayal of Slay Wilson yet. 
I would agree completely. I think it's more com- more comic accurate than than, than what, we, what we've gotten than Arrow and even Teen Titans was. Oh, no question, without a doubt. I yeah, it's it's really good. Even sounds almost like hearing him like with the mask and everything harkens back to watching the Teen Titans animated series just a little bit. It's just so devoid of emotion. He even is like chiding the Titans in some of the fight scenes that he fights with them. Like you guys fight with emotion. Like you guys are just all passion all out there and it's not surgical it's not disciplined it's not just precise and everything about his portrayal is just that there's rarely moments that you see him rattled and when you do it's for a purpose and it's it's not oh my god like shocked face it's subtle just subtle manipulation of the face that kind of show you oh wow this threw him off guard or something that effect and it's really really good well like like the the last episode it ended with you know, it had it dealt with Jason dealing with PTSD from being dropped off the building and just kind of everything that's going on. And then you see the the at the end of it, it, it the entire episode they're telling Dick like you've got to come clean. Like he's he's seeing Bruce Wayne, and Bruce is like you got to come clean. You got to tell him what happened. Like you you got to face face up to what happened. And then this episode it cuts to like the end, end of the episode it ends with him telling uh, Jason Todd I killed. I killed Jericho. I killed Deathstroke's son. And then this episode cuts to back in the past where it shows you the events that led to Dick Grayson befriending Jericho and how he became part of the Teen Titans for a little bit because he has the body snatching power. And and it's kind of, it, it's been just to see like you, you come to find out that in the end of it, Dick isn't really responsible for his death, but he feels like he is. Are they ever responsible? Well, you know. I mean, in as much a way as they could be responsible. Like, yes, there's some guilt there. I know you're messing. But in a real way, like, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, don't be so dramatic. We obviously know that he wasn't responsible. Like, they're not murderers. But at the same time, watching the flashback, okay, you could see why. Um, Without giving too much away, Dick's problem in most of the series, especially the second season, is going off on his own (laughs) little (laughs) adventures. Dick's problem. Yeah, yeah. Dick, Dick's problem is that he's pretty small when it comes to putting the team's needs on point. Anyway, um, <laughs> I tried it. No, but he goes, you're a member of a team, you're leader of the team, and yet so many times he goes off on his own. And then he leads the team into problems because he's going headlong without backup, without giving instruction as far as where he's going. You're a team, work together, and then that involves or, or leads to some sort of destruction. It, what we've what we've kind of said isn't isn't really a spoiler because we're not giving away that much. But I, I could be a, give a real big spoiler. And I'll say that you see Deathstroke kill a Teen Titan, and I'll tell you who it is if you want me to really spoil it for you. <laughs> but I'm not going to. Eventually, I'll get there. I'll be right back. <laughs> what did he say? I, I something I couldn't make out, and then oh. I'll be back. I think he was doing his Terminator impression. <laughs> Terminator impression. I'll be back. It's not really spoiling that much, though, Chad. Like, it's you've got to watch everything, I think, in context to put it together. But I'm excited for more Titans. Like, I, I chomp at the bit every Friday to watch it. Yeah, it's something I'm looking, I'm always excited for. Um, and it's funny because I, have gotten rid of the app on my phone just because I don't. I use so little else of the content aside from watching old Batman the animated series or reading some random comics once in a while. But every Friday, I download it back just to watch the episode. Today, downloaded the app again, watched it, 
got rid of the app. Like I'm at that right now with it. I just, watch it, 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 I just watch it on my TV. I've you know smart TV. Just get the app on there. Oh, whoop de do. For those of us who are living check get, to check and are poor, get, get gourd, get good Corbin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I guess I'm my dirt poor. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, Mister, I have all of the apps that you need necessary oh, to keep up. I don't with the nerd pay sphere. for them. And I, don't I have pay a smart. For them. No, I don't pay for them. No. Who pays for them then? Other people. You might as well give names now. No, I'm <laughs> I've heard well, about at this. least you have people like that. Oh yeah, we did talk about this. But like, okay, it reminds me of a high school story. So I, after graduating high school, um, maybe two or three years later, two or three years after that, I had a friend who was like, "Hey, Corbin, you know, you should, there's a great business opportunity. You need to hop on." Da 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 da. It was about selling knives, like selling knives. And let me tell you, it's been like. I think you've told us this before. Yep. Yeah, and I'm this just for the chat people now, everyone else, because I was so excited about those damn knives and they were so sharp. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so I'm telling my mom about this. I'm like, we got to share this to people so that they can, you know, buy these knives from them. And mom's like, well, Corbin, we're poor. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I know. So I'm going to sell knives, get it to the top. She's like, what about your friends? I'm like, so they're poor. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true. She's like, do you know anyone who's not poor that will buy knives from me? I'm like, guess not, mom. Thanks. And that's where I feel I am with the entertainment industry. Like, like I'm, I am where I am, and all my friends, I guess, except Matt, who has uh, mysterious benefactors who can pay for these things. Um, all my sports isn't poor. Listen, yeah, I'm shelling out for YouTube Premium. Well, that's your. Yeah, I don't know why you're doing that. All right, listen, listen. I have my reasons. That's what I'm gonna say. So it's the guy who spends like two hundred dollars on the NBA pass so he can watch all the basketball games. Oh, okay, okay. First off, it was three hundred dollars. Oh, Second God, off, so it auto renewed. I'm so I sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, yeah, Is that the direct TV? No, it's the app. I, I don't do the the tag of the cable package. I just have it on my own. But I I usually you know you buy it for the year and then I always remember to cancel the auto renew because I like to pay on my own terms when the money's bouncing and whatnot. So I wake up one Saturday morning and it's like congratulations. Your NBA TV's been rude. And I'm like, no, no, no. So I opened it up, looking at my account, thinking it took out the normal 250. No, they added a new package deal where you get NBA TV with it for an extra $59.99. So that was also applied. So in one grand swoop, I went out of $309.99. And they said, congratulations, you're now broke. Yep. And it's been ramen uh, ever since. I'm playing. Sir, I'm going to have to put you on a brief hold to see if I can catch this NBA package for you. Ramen and impossible offers. Yeah, well, and when you really want to get real bougie, um, we get the little Caesar's uh, Quattro pizza. <laughs> Eat, eating rich, all yeah, right, five, living that good life. Hot and ready. I um, no, seven dollars and forty-five cents. But you know, but I know, I know someone that used to do that. They were doing the demonstration for me. It was there's a bunch of us, and the fucking handle, of the knife broke off. <laughs> As they were doing the demonstration for like, because they were expensive knives. Yeah, they were Cut super expensive. Something, and I, I told you guys I fell asleep in there. We were at her house like for for the gathering, and there was chips and and soda. And I probably went like a carb overload because I was like not now. And I told you guys I sleep ugly, so like when I wake up, I'm like like my eyes are the first thing to move before like my head and everything wakes up. So he's like, Corbin, what do you think about that? I'm like. I like how he woke. Kidding. He wakes up like he's been dead forever. He's just like, that's how I wake <laughs> up. It was just yeah. He like wakes up like someone transforming in The Walking Dead. So 
that that was a story. But anyway, it's over now. Story time with Corbin is done. Story time. <laughs> Fucking my dad. In the, so we went out to to Red Robin for my my little sister's fourteenth birthday tonight for dinner and. <laughs> My fucking dad tells a, a dirty joke right in the middle of dinner, and it was like loud enough for the people next to us <laughs> fucking hear it. It was a joke. All right, so a little boy uh, has diarrhea, and he goes to his mom and says, "Mom, I have diarrhea. I need Cialis." And his mom says, "Why do you need Cialis?" And he says, "Well, I hear you yelling that at. I hear your dad yelling for that every time he can't get it hard." <laughs> Wow, that's a dad joke too. It is. Corbin sleeps by gaslight. All right, Chad, you keep coming for me with that <laughs> gaslight, yo. I love uh, you, man, but come on. It's not even me this time. No, no, no. Yeah. It's always one guy in the chat. It's usually Chad who sneaks in one gaslight joke. <laughs> always one. You, you don't even have Tim here giving that to you this week. No, no, no. Shout out to you, Chad. You got me again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow, rude. I'm just, kidding. I, I'm just kidding. He knows all of. <laughs> right back at you, Chad. But uh, I'm just, I just can't believe that you're going to sit there and call up the chat like that, Corbin. Hey, I'm all about that chat interaction. All right. I'm not calling out. I'm not calling out no one. We're all we're all good here. All part of the community. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Hey. hey. We're kind of uh transitioning away from, from the DC stuff and definitely check out Titans if you guys aren't aren't watching it. I know Kyle's gotta get catch caught up. Trying. Um, Kyle's slacking, man. Did you guys yeah. uh let's let's kind of get a a little topic that I think some of the people in the chat will like to get involved in and uh, talk a little bit about. Let's talk about that final Star Wars trailer. Did you guys see the the final trailer for the last or the Rise of Skywalker? Mm-mm. Yeah, well, Kyle, you didn't. Are you, you joking around this time? Are you serious, Kyle? I'm serious. I haven't seen it. Watch it now. Go go mute. Go go bye bye. No, I'm playing. It, it, to be honest with you, if, if I can if I can say something, I was um, I didn't like it too much. I honestly didn't either, and I'm kind of sitting there like, my God, okay, good. I left, I left, um, last Jedi or no, the the last movie, the last Jedi, kind of like I don't need another Star Wars movie. I don't oh. want, I don't need to see another Star Wars movie. And what's then, up, yeah. what's going on, Brian? What is up, Brian? <sighs> Long show. Sorry. Uh, I came in at perfect timing to talk about the, the Star Wars that I'm going to hate. <laughs> oh, there you go. I mean, yeah, but were you, you just finished it, Matt. What are you saying? You, you didn't want this one after Last Jedi? Well, but then, like- I walked out. So I walked out. Kyle and I went and saw what, like a, a 3 a.m. showing of The Force Awakens? Yeah. And we, I left Force Awakens like, all right, I, I want to see what happens. I want more. Last Jedi, I leave that. I, I'm done. I don't need any more. And I felt the same way after Solo, and I felt the same way after um, the other couple movies that came out. Um, I just, I don't need any more. And then I watched this trailer, and I'm like, what, what, what are they going for here? I don't. How, how are you going to say that the saga is going to end, but then you're like, oh well, there's another trilogy coming out, so you're ending the following the Skywalker, Skywalker saga line, yeah, like, yeah. What do you think? Do you think that they're going to end up saying that they're twins? Because they kind of made that 
that kind of uh, at the end of that trailer where they show them together, when they show Kylo Ren and Rey together, um, like fighting, it looks like they're maybe it was a dream sequence or something where they kill the Emperor together. Um, that kind of made me think that they're they're going back to the idea that they might be the twins. I'm definitely leaning that way. I think with J.J. Abrams back in the mold, um, and based off what we first saw from the from um, the original movie, um, that it's going to be more of a parallel, more of a continuation of that. I'm just not excited for it. I think The Last Jedi really uh, kind of turned me off on it. Not yes. because I, I didn't think that, like Matt was saying, that he didn't want another one after that. I, I actually think there needed to be another one because that one was just so horrific. Yeah. yeah. Like, you need to have another one. I just am not hyped for that. Other one. That being said, AMC is hosting a uh, starts on December eighteenth. They're doing a marathon. I think it's thirty hours, and I think I'm gonna go. Do it. Every, <laughs> You're the marathon man. I'm the marathon man. They're playing everyone, and I think I'm gonna do it. Um, you should. Yeah. Starting yeah, with I, episode one, going forward. That's or? a great question. I think so, which is great because I can zone out episode one. I mean, and you know these marathons, the way they work, you can come in, come out, come in, come out. So I get my snacks, you know, whatever. And then episode two, I come to where like the middle. Episode three, I love the entire movie. And yeah, that's how they do it. But each movie in between is like a half hour to 45 minute break. See, I would be like, go for episode one, sleep through episode two to make sure you're primed for three forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then and then take another gap after uh, after six to sleep through seven to be ready for eight. But, um, or, you know, I got that wrong. Seven, eight, nine. Point being... Um, yeah, that's something that AMC is uh-huh. doing. I'm pretty sure Harkins is going to do it too. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm excited for that, just the spectacle of that event. One of the things that kind of blew me away, um, Chuck t- showed me last night, is uh, that I didn't realize that was so cool. That made me a little bit more excited for it is when, you know, that that big throne structure that um, the Emperor's sitting on in the in the trailer, that is an original um, concept from Macquarie. Ralph McQuarrie, that, I heard that, that Emperor's Throne. So I that really stoked me um, to see it because I'm a huge Ralph McQuarrie fan. Um, so I like to see them actually use some of that real concept stuff in the movies. I, I've taken to calling it the Galactic Wheelchair. Um, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> it looked like it was moving, and so I don't want to call it. Still pretty cool to see those uh, Star Destroyers come up out of the ocean like that. That was sick, yeah. Kind of yeah. back to your question, Brian, on them being the twins. I also heard that there's it's going around that Ray might actually end up being Han Solo's daughter that he has with um, the chick Khal- Khaleesi plays in Solo. Uh-huh. And then um, Kylo Ren is his kid with with Leia. So they're actually brother and sister, but they're not their half brother and sister well see that kind of makes me think even more that they're setting it up to be the twins and that's just subterfuge or subterfuge is that how you say that word so it's kind of like a yeah it's kind of like a smoke screen but they're kind of telling you no this this might be something that we're doing because you know the whole solo twins is a huge thing in all the books and the comics and uh what is it jason and jana solo so yeah so I I could and and it's called the last Skywalker or the the last Skywalker or they rise they're kind of like doing Rise yeah. of Skywalker and she is they both are Skywalkers if they are twins of you know but uh, Solo and Princess Leia they're still Skywalkers um, so I, I think that could be something that we're gonna see I hope I hope that's something we're gonna see um, because I think that's that's something that they should have gone with especially in the last movie they really messed that up Ryan Johnson 
Is that is that who did it? Ryan Johnson. Yeah. yeah. Oh my he god. He really Ryan fucked that Ryan one up. Johnson, really. Yeah. That's what I was doing in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've also nah. heard speculation that the title Rise of Skywalker is more of like that. That's what the they're gonna call the new ascended Jedi because. Like, oh shit! Ray That'd is, be cool. Ray is wielding a white lightsaber, so it's like oh. she's perfectly balanced. She's the one perfectly balanced in the Force for the dark and the light side. So she's got the white lightsaber, and that the, the Skywalker t- is what they call the next like Jedi ascension of the Jedi. Is the Order that would be Skywalker. cool as shit? That would be cool. I'm cool with that. But well, it'll be interesting. I I don't know. I just. I found the the trailer. I was like, I didn't care. And then when they try to pull on your heartstrings with the whole like C three PO thing at the end, like everyone was making so much like noise about the fact that his eyes were glowing red in the previous trailer, and then in this one he, you know, they're like, "What's wrong, three PO?" And he's like, "Oh, I just want to take one last look at my friends." And it's like he's being decommissioned or something. And it's yeah, it actually did make me feel sad for a second. And then yeah. I said, "Why do I care? Like this is the end of the trilogy. Everyone's going to go." Well, yeah. it's a setup. We're all worried about about three PO. R two D two is going to have to adjust. I bet you that. <laughs> Brian, Brian, Kyle says it's crap. It's a, it's a trap. Oh, it's a trap. At least it's, it's crap. a trap. Oh my god! Yeah, I almost lost it when Akbar hit the dust. Well, oh. supposedly you're going to see Akbar's kid in this movie too. I don't give a crap about Akbar's kid though. How does he know it's a trap? <laughs> well, because see, she is the trap. Ah. She comes out just stunning. She's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> she comes out stunning. <laughs> she comes out gorgeous, and Kylo Ren's like, "Ooh, the Force is strong with this one." And then she reveals that it's actually she's actually a dude. She takes off her thing. I'm a trap. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Fetty Wap song just starts playing in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be funny. That's like the most fun. Just now, I think I'll have in the entire movie was just laughing about it here with y'all right now. <laughs> I think I think I'm the, really looking forward to Mandalorian still though. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing to me about this movie is how they're gonna write Leia out. Yeah. It's kinda Maybe weird. Kind of She's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> Too much cocaine. <laughs> wow. Cocaine. I think she's gonna fade away like Yoda did. She's gonna be flying on the Millennium Falcon and just have a heart attack. She's just gonna be floating in space. <laughs> that was still the lamest thing they could have done. You literally gave yourself a perfect out right the fuck there. But yeah. no, let's do some space popping shit. <laughs> that was so fucking weird. She was still alive at that point. They didn't know she was going to have a heart attack. Space poppins. You do not <laughs> do that. Okay, that's what I've called her since the beginning. Space fucking poppins. When Star Wars, if a ship explodes, that thing is gone. Okay, <laughs> there's nobody, no survivors. No, I was no, you are done. Like that's a death knell. So now all of a sudden, oh, we can zero in and see her. No, what yeah. the heck? No, that's I was so cheesy. triggered. Oh <laughs> heck, yes, I was triggered. I'm sorry. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh my Woo! gosh, I was upset genuinely. No. it'll be interesting hopefully uh if it's the, if it's bad mandalorians will you know make up for it hopefully we'll see are, i mean are we gonna get uh, knights of the old republic i mean that is that has that been verified that's i thought that's what the uh the guys behind game of thrones were doing yeah and i don't know if it ever was actually 100 verified 
I think that's. I mean, I know they signed their deal with with Luke, with Disney, but I don't know. I don't know what Disney's doing now that that Kevin Feige is in charge of all this stuff. Yeah, good good point. True. Be right back. Who, um, let's see here. Who knows what no. what's going on with with now that Feige's in charge? And I just kind of, I don't know. I wonder if he's going to burn out with how thin he's being spread now. So yeah, between, between the Marvel stuff now, Star Wars, and then he's you know in charge of being put in in charge of the Marvel comics stuff. It's going to be interesting to see how how much he gets spread out and see if things start falling apart. But they got to yeah, do something the, the, to save the Star Wars universe because it's been pretty bad. Well, they're saying, uh, from what I'm looking at, uh, uh, you know, I just looked in on the internet again, and it says that, uh, you know, there's kind of a lot of talk that this is going to be the trilogy that, that you know, they're rumored to do. And um, I'm all for that. I thought, I think that Knights of the Old Republic is one of the coolest stories in the whole Star Wars universe. So, Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I've... Star Wars is just one of those things because you you grew up on it and you had so much love for it and it's it's hard now to see like hardcore fans of the original series the original three movies and just like lose interest in it now. Yeah, a and, lot of people are losing interest, especially hardcore Star Wars fans. I don't know. It sucks. Ugh. Um, I was well. Corbin left because I was going to lead into his his little project now that Brian's here, but. Uh, kind of touch on some other things here. Brian, got something cool. Brian, what does that have? Oh, yeah. This is kind of crazy. Um, so Kyle uh, Kyle caught a little glimpse of it. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to be uh, here for the unveiling. But um, I'll go ahead and share my screen here in a second. Basically, uh, you know, for, for a lot of uh, absolute viewers, um, you've heard about the story about uh, our, our buddy Chuck that uh, came into that amazing collection. Um, we sent the first 10 books out um, to be graded from that collection and they came back. Um, and basically what we did is we, uh, we sent them out to be pressed before we sent them in. And uh, we sent them to uh, one of our buddies who's, in my opinion, one of the best pressers in the game. And it was funny because every time he presses your books, he'll 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 send you a a, a grade that he thinks it's going to be. And ninety nine percent of the times he's spot on, like he hits it perfectly. And he basically did that with all these books, except for a couple of them, he actually thought they were going to be lower than they were. So we, that made us even happier. But for some of these grades to to get some of these grades that he got on these these are most of these are Silver Age books. Um, not only is amazing, but considering that most of these books weren't even bagged and boarded when he got the collection, um, it makes it even crazier. So, um, yeah, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead. You guys want to see them? I'll go ahead and start sharing the screen. I got, I got cool pictures of them here. Let me go ahead and do this. All right. Um, so here is, uh, one of the first ones. This is the first appearance of dead man. Um, came back a 7.0, which is absolutely uh, awesome. Uh, one of my favorite characters. Pretty cool to uh, see a first appearance of Dead Man come back in a, in a pretty high grade. Now, you guys are wondering, you know, some viewers might be wondering when I say high grades and you're seeing sevens. For Silver Age books, these are high grades because um, most of the books before the modern age were just trashed. I mean, either if they weren't thrown away, they were folded up and, you know, creased and ripped. And 
Um, one of the things that comic companies used to do back in the day is if uh, the the magazine stands ordered the comics and they didn't sell, the magazine stands could rip off half of the top cover and send it back. So, I mean, you'll even see Silver Age books with half cover rips. So this is pretty amazing to see a 7.0 um, in a Silver Age book that wasn't bagged or boarded. So that's the first one. Um, let me, there's, uh, this is a uh, first appearance. Yeah. First appearance of um, Sabretooth, uh, Iron Fist number 14. This, um, when, when Sean pressed it, he actually thought it was going to be an 8.5 and it came back a 9.6. Wow. Are you serious? I swear to God. Absolutely wow. believe, unbelievable. This is a, you know, a, a ridiculous book to have, yet alone in uh, a, that high of a grade, a 9.6 on uh, first appearance of Sabretooth. So absolutely gorgeous. First appearance of uh, Dark Side here. Another it's not a bad grade. Oh, no. no. Uh, 8.0, um, super crazy book. This is one of those first appearances that make you just think, like, what the fuck are they saying? This is a first appearance because not only does Dark Side only, they only show him once in this book, he's literally on a TV screen in the background of a panel. He's, I mean, he, you know what I mean? So a lot of people uh, don't like this, that this is considered his first appearance, but that's what the market has said. So it is what it is. Um, but to come back in an 8.0 is pretty cool. Next book, there's the big dog. Holy nice. shit, 9.0. Damn. Can you fucking believe that? That right there, my friends, is about as good as you're going to get on a grail. I mean, um, uh, this is a, a book right now that if he wanted to sell it, he could Cheers get anywhere. From, yeah, he could get seven to ten grand for this book easy. Um, so uh, just this absolutely blew us away. Um, you know, it's kind of got to give a, a clap for this one. You don't see this book very often in that high of a grade. And to consider that this was sitting in a box, not even bagged and boarded, is even crazier. Right. Yeah. So, um and this one, he had uh, Sean had said uh, uh, he was spot on. He said he thought it was going to be uh, 8.5 to 9.0. So um, pretty cool to see that. There you go, boys. 7.5, first appearance of the Punisher. Um, another one of those grails that uh, I just – it was pretty amazing watching him pull these books out of the box because I didn't even know the grades. Um, I had asked uh, our, uh, the – the buddy who had sent these out to not send me the list of all the grades that they send in. So, you know, to watch him pulling these books out one by one, we were just kind of like, it was almost like that first time when we were seeing them, Kyle, where we were mm -hmm. just going crazy. And it was cool to see Chuck because now Chuck knows the, how amazing these books are and what, you know, he knows when he's looking at these books, he knows what they are. Whereas before he had no clue. So me and Kyle were going crazy at these books and Chuck, Chuck was just like, I don't know, even know what these are. So now that he knows how hard it is to get these books in this grade, it was cool to see him, you know, opening up his books. Yeah, dude, what a lucky fucker. Yeah. Um, here's the uh, first cameo of Wolverine, uh, Hulk 180, uh, 6.5. Um, this is another $1,000 book, uh, you know, 700 to $1,000 book. Easy, um, pretty amazing. Um, this one blows me away still to oh. this day. <clears throat> Uh, first Silver Age appearance of, of The Flash um, in his own title. First appearance of Mirror Master. Uh, this book is just ridiculous. Um, this is one of the books that, you know, brought in the Silver Age of comics. And uh, pretty amazing to own one. 6.5. Yeah, yet alone a 6.5 uh, with off-white pages. So uh, absolutely amazing. 
Um, there you go. This is the, the, the first appearance of Supergirl. This was the only book in the whole set that we th we were kind of bummed out, but we knew this was coming. Sean, being the uh, amazing presser that he is, he knows the grades of books. He's That's uh, one of the things I still have yet to learn how to properly grade a book. He had told us he thought this book was trimmed. And uh, he had said, uh, you know, when he sent us what he thought it was, he said 4.0 trimmed. And that's what it came back as. And basically what that means, guys, is whoever owned this book before decided it would have been, it was better to kind of trim a very small piece off the sides to make them look straight instead of, you know, crinkled or ripped. And uh, they did some, doing so, they ruined the book. Now, this is such a, still such a hard book to come by and it presents beautiful so just to say you have the first appearance of Supergirl is pretty amazing. Does it say trimmed on it or does it say? Yeah, it says restoration. That's what the, the purple is. And it says small amount of color touch on the cover and small amount of glue on the spine, top and bottom edge trimmed. I almost wonder if it's oh, like. Oh, so they, they only did, they didn't do the side. They only they did, did the top, the top and, bottom. and bottom. Yeah. Well, I almost wonder if like my, um, my demon in a bottle, the print on it was like it messed up. So like the the top of the cover is like off, is slanted. Yeah, like so I wonder yeah. if wonder if they like tried to trim it up because they had the same problem and they tried to make it look. I think it's the, just the printing of the time. Yeah, like demon in the bottle. I think that's just the way. Because I've seen a couple of them like that, Matt. Yeah, I think it's just that's just like a sign of the times of comics for that. Yeah, but you know you're you're right. I mean. This is something that people need to be on the lookout for. You don't think about it a lot, but people are pretty nefarious and, and they'll try to get one over on somebody. And back in the day before there was grading, this is a lot of the times that this would happen. It happens in the sport trading card world also. So uh, you just got to be careful and, and know what you're buying. That's, that's why these grading companies kind of became so big is because, you know, you know your book hasn't been trimmed. There's a good chance if it gets graded by CGC or a reputable grader, they are going to find the restoration. Except for so. a staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there we go. First appearance of Black Panther. Oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, 6.0, absolutely amazing. This book is beautiful. <laughs> the sound of comic nerds coming all at once. <laughs> I know, time. right? And CGC knows that's going to happen, so they put a little protective piece of plastic over it, so when you do pull them out, you can... You, know, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you don't mess up the, the plastic. Yeah. It's easy cleanup. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just... Uh, it's a beautiful book, and... Uh, to ha to own it, any one of these books, I'll keep saying it. Just to own one, yet alone in this high grade, right? Fuck, uh, that's unbelievable, right there. If you guys would have seen this, book I just before, filled the cup. Yeah, if you would have seen this book before, you would have never thought this would have been a seven point oh. Um, uh, find yourself a nice presser, and uh, you know, uh, pay him good money because Sean's you, a man. He is. To, to, to have a first appearance of Batgirl in 7.0 is, in my opinion, just almost as good as having a first appearance of Wolverine in 9.0. Uh, this is a beautiful book. And he's got book. both. And he's got both. <laughs> he's uh, on top of everything else. So that is the end of the first 10. Um, pretty amazing. Uh, well, actually, I don't think it is the end. Let me see here. Is there any more? There we go. That's uh, You skipped that's another, another one. one, too. Oh, man. Yeah. would love to have that book.
Yeah. So um, these are all the uh, grades that Sean originally sought. So you can see he said the Green Lantern he thought was a 7.0 to 8.0, came back an 8.5. What about uh, First Silver Surfer? First Silver Surfer. I did not show that. Here you go, boys. Look at that. 6.5. Damn. He that gets put at a 4? Uh, yeah, five? Sean. Sean, this is another one that's uh, absolutely amazing. Sean thought this one was a uh, a four, a 5. Point, no, sorry, a 4.0. Where was it? Uh, a 4.5 yeah. because it has a little tear in it. So this blew us away. And, and, you know, We were thinking a 4.5, and it came back a 6.5. And as you guys can see, <laughs> here's two the – yeah, uh, here's the um, the little. Oh, let me see here. There's the the tear that he was talking about. It's right here. I see. And it, yeah. um, this kind of makes me think a little bit about how tears are perceived in some of these older books that are not modern books. Because, like I said, uh, you know, people didn't really keep good care of them. So CGC maybe treats these type of tears on older books not as bad as we think they do. Um, and as you guys can see, it also has one, you know, one of the staples is kind of mis staple that's kind of, uh, off the edge a little bit here, um, which is kind of interesting, but, uh, still, still pretty freaking cool. So, um, first appearance of, uh, Silver Surfer and, uh, Galactus. So, um, you know, first time you hear the name of Galactus, so it's pretty amazing. <sighs> Yeah, um, so I that was change a, my sweatpants. I'll be right back. Yeah, uh, the Hulk 180 he thought was a 5.5 that came back a 9.65. Oh, no, 6.5. Yeah, 6.5. Yeah, yeah, so um, that was kind of cool. Uh, see here, um, here's the Supergirl 4.5 trimmed with a question mark, and he got that. This is pretty cool. He thought the first appearance of uh, Batgirl was going to be a 5.0, and of course, it came back a 7.0. He called it right on the money with the uh, Hulk 181 9.0. Mm -hmm. uh, here's the Iron uh, Iron Fist 14, the first Sabretooth, where he thought it was an 8.5. It came back a 9.6, so that was a nice surprise. Um, and he was right on the money with the Punisher, and the Flash 105 came back a full grade higher than what he thought it was. So uh, pretty freaking cool to um, – Lucky fucker. Yeah, to be able to say you own all these books. And these are just like one-tenth of the books that he's got going in. So we'll keep you guys updated with uh, the next batch. And if it comes back as good as this, uh, I just – I don't see uh, how anybody can not be excited about books like this. Those are awesome. I'd like to have a few of them in my – Yeah, there. right? Uh, Pretty much all of them. Yeah. Just not next to the water heater, obviously. <laughs> yeah. so well, I mean, jokes you can't. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I think so, anyone would kill uh, for one of those books in their collection, and he's got all of them. Right? Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. And and this is what, what makes it even better is that, you know, he's – at first, you know, he wasn't a comic guy, and, and him seeing the excitement that we all kind of had at, you know, this collection, it, it – made him decide to keep all these books what make, makes it even better so uh these books are gonna stay in his collection and uh i'm pretty happy about that so chad's asking, very cool uh, what's it cost to press ballpark uh it's usually any depending on the 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 book and the year of the book you know if you send him a modern book it'll probably be uh, most pressers charge about ten ten dollars to press a book um, uh, bigger books, uh, it could be a percentage just because, you know, if you send them an amazing fantasy 15, there's a lot of risk that's being, that's involved in that. So he might charge you a little percentage of the average value, depending on the presser. 
um, or it could charge you double the price of a modern book. So it's different for everybody, but usually it's uh, anywhere from 10 to $20 a book to get pressed. So, um, and, and as you it can has see, pressable it's, features, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Uh, but don't over, the only thing about pressing is don't, don't rely too much into that. Yes. Because if you're, you're relying on your book, that you're looking at to come back a 9.8 just for the fact that it was pressed, then there's a chance you're going to be pretty fucking disappointed. Yeah. One thing I, I did notice on a lot of these books is it has the new, the whole Newton ring issue. Hmm. Um, every book basically has a little bit of the Newton ring stuff, which isn't a really big deal in my opinion, because in order to see them, you kind of have to really look. So it doesn't take away from the eye appeal. It's and it's, just because there's two different plastics. Yeah, it's two different types of plastics touching each other. Not on the book side, on the outside of yeah. the, the inner well. So that's I just that's touching each other. The, yeah, that's the only reason you get them. I mean, it's going to be anything with it happening. So yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. That is pretty sick. That Black Panther. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's badass. Ever. Crazy. I can't wait to see round two. I know, right? So those will be uh, – we're going to be sending off the next round uh, this upcoming week. So um, we'll see. And and it was amazing how fast when, – when CGC finally got these. This is another thing for, the, for those of you that might not know. This is something I didn't really know. Um, depending on the tier of the book you use, and by tier I mean um, they, they have modern, standard, value, and – for Silver Age books, they won't allow that you have to use the standard tier, so it costs more. I think it was it's usually like sixty five dollars a book, but we got the twenty percent off because the people that uh, sent it in have a store. A book. So we paid fifty dollars a book to get get Fuck. these graded because they're Silver Jeez. Age books. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean great, but yeah, you, I mean, turn, I mean, look at what you're grading. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean. The, there was probably uh, over ten grand. Uh, there was guaranteed over ten grand in value just in these ten books, if not over fifteen grand. I mean, well, shit, one book was almost ten grand, so it was probably over twenty grand in value um, in these books. Wow. So there's not a single one of these books that's under five hundred dollars, which is pretty amazing. The lowest book in all these is is the uh, first Dead Man, but uh, every other book is probably over a thousand dollars. So uh, it's pretty amazing and. This is these type of books are um, retirement grade material. You know, this is the type of stuff that you put away in super investment grade stuff. Uh -huh. So uh, we can only all wish and hope that uh, we walk into a collection like this one day. Fuck. Yeah. Dream, man. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's Did you guys talk about the Todd McFarlane thing yet? Uh, we touched on a little bit, but not not in great detail. It's kind of interesting. Like, I mean, he's given away. Yeah, he's got two exclusives that uh, it sounds like you can only get at this event. Oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> that's what I was saying. I want to get that three hundred one. That's there. I'm gonna be literally fifteen minutes away from there, working all day. So you're gonna have to take a lunch break. Yeah. Yeah, but on Saturdays only two of us, so I can't leave the premises except for lunch, which is ten to twenty minutes. So you're right. I'm gonna have to use that twenty briefly. Like but again, I'm fifteen minutes away. So get there. Hi, and then go back. Yeah, just go there to grab the books and go back. It might be worth it, man. You know, spawn... just put your headset on somebody else while you're in the, and yeah. you move for a while. Yeah. 
Okay. There you go. Yeah, Kyle, will do. <laughs> but it should be fun. I know a lot of people I know, all you guys are going, it should be a big event. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Here you go, guys. This is uh, new new to you guys. Oh, hey. Is, uh, the, new, the new little puppy. What's the name? This is uh, Josie. Josie. Oh, Jojo. 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 Yeah. So, Josie and the Pussycats. That is cool. How's, how's the new dog adapting? She's getting better. She's really jealous. Um, she still uh, doesn't play with her much, but she's playing more with her. So, and I think she's now finally realizing that she's permanent. So it's kind kind of get used to her. But uh, she's going through the uh, whole potty training and and biting stage. So if I walk away, uh, you know, it's because uh, I'm cleaning up poop or pee. <laughs> so. What we were. I, uh, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I realized that uh, I don't think I ever want to do a puppy again. It's too much. I work. never want a puppy. Again. It takes a puppy not to do a puppy. Yes. Because so. it's brain squid. Hallelujah. Yeah. We've been doing the dance numbers all day today. Yeah. So. <laughs> For in preparation for tonight, like I said, Corbin wanted to talk comics. Wanted to talk comics, so I tasked Corbin with the job of coming up with his list of the top ten worst comic book storylines. So, so Corbin, I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor, and uh, why don't you go ahead and and tell us what you got? Okay, so I have one. I didn't get to ask this earlier. Do I have to have them in any particular order? Can I just name them and then we like? Can I just put them out there? Yeah. I mean, you can just put them out there. I think it'd be more compelling if you had them in order. But quick, hold on. But you can just throw them out there. I almost want to. Okay, I want to, but like, okay, it, it, some of them are difficult. So Here, do and number one on the list. <laughs> Hell no! <nah. laughs> Hell no! <nah. laughs> read, read off your list, and then you can go back and, and quickly try to order them. How you okay. would put them in order? That that sounds good. All right, so we have waiting for this going. All-Star Batman and Robin, Spider-Man Sins Past, um, Justice League Cry for Justice, Nemesis. I was going to put The Death of Superman, but I thought that there's a conversation to be had around that, being one of the better books and one of the worst ones. Um, absolutely, Batman the Widering, uh, Widening Gyre. I'm with um, you on that. I know yeah. I know, Matt's about to go crazy, but that, oh, that storyline is horrible. Out of my mind, that was going up there. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man One More Day. Another one. Oh yes, God, that was so terrible. And was, it, mm. I was really looking forward to that one, man, and it was shit. It was bad. Um, this was written by Frank Miller. You guys probably remember this. Holy Terror. Oh God, was that bad? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't count it as a book, but um, <laughs> Holy Terror was ridiculous. First of all, and the fact that it was almost gonna be a um Batman story. I mean, yeah, that, that just made it bad. Um, I didn't count this as a book, but the entire Chuck Austin X-Men run. Um, I, I totally put that there just because I had no choice. And then, what was the last one? Um, I had it written down, and I'm blanking, and I have to find it. Um, oh, Batman Nightfall. I'm with you on that. I didn't like Nightfall. It's, it's my number 10 worst one, but... Like, I like Elements of Batman Nightfall. I do. I actually like the Azrael run. Like, I enjoyed that. But it was trash. Um, just the way it was done, no rhyme or reason to it. It, it was pretty long. Fun. Yeah. But if I was to order those, Maryville was pretty fucked up. You guys remember that one by Mark Miller? 
Which one is it? Is it Maryville? But it was like spelled like almost like it looked like Marvel. Yeah, sort of. And, and, it, and it had the Greg Horn covers. Yeah, it was. Um, let me see if I can get that. Like really cool Greg Horn covers. Yeah, it was. Um, basically like his version of like a crazier, dark, like sadistic Batman, but like with the Joker's like inhibitions of just sowing like destruction. Um, and there was like one. I wrote it down too. There was one like entire scene where basically he inseminated this woman with like the fluid of her brother and then had it rigged for like a bomb to explode if she had an abortion or something. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, this is incredibly fucked up. Um, yeah, that was, that probably was my number one. Yeah. He inseminated a girl with her brother's samples and like it, it was just a whole bunch of horror. It was like horrifying dark stories, one after the other, for no rhyme or reason. Um, and it was just a weird look. I didn't like it at all. And mind you, Miller obviously is a great writer, but that was that was just not the look. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Also, I, I've already stressed enough about Batman Winding Gyre, but that would be like number two for me. Um, it was just ridiculous. As a Batman story, as a superhero story. First of all, I just want you to get the name right one time. Okay. Gyre? 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 Yeah, Gyre. Gyre? It's Gyre, though. It's not. I'm pretty sure I checked the pronunciation before I went on the show. No. Not how it's pronounced. (laughs) That's a big no, no, no go, Ghost Rider. Uh, 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 one sec. Let me see if I could. My homework on its name. J A I U R. Gyre. Wayne Gyre. Gyre. Excuse me, sir. I need to put you on hold while I double check that last name. No, it's, it's Jire. I'm telling you. Right, let me let me let me try it again. Jire. Yeah, I said it right, guys. I said it right. What? No, you did. What? But that's okay. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. Hey, respect for that. Yeah, I hear that. I respect. I respect right, that. Thank you. I got that. Jire. Okay. <laughs> no. Anyways. Where's Lance? You need him. Hey, let's go. Let's go. I don't need no, Lance I, for this one because I sat in the audience and listened to the dude who wrote the book say the title Gyre. several times. So, Gyre. <laughs> you, can, you can have your Google translate. Say it for you as maybe, much as you want. Maybe they were doing a different pronunciation, but in America, Gyre. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but the story itself was ridiculous. Um, if we're gonna talk about it. I mean, Batman was just getting owned and everything. Um, By uh, who? Uh, Silver St. Cloud. Automata P was it? It was ridiculous. Silver St. Cloud complicated things by coming over to Bruce's after the death of her husband. Like, are you serious? Your husband just died. I'm gonna go to Bruce to bang and have comfort. Like, that was ridiculous. There was one scene where he was yanking her hair and she's like, Bruce, you're hurting. Like, yeah, the fuck you're hurting? Are you yanking her hair? Like, it was not cool. There was a scene where he's talking about, oh, I pissed my pants after I set a bomb. And it's like, is this Batman or Kevin Smith talking? That story was just trash. It does have a really sick-ass Joker, Bill Sienkiewicz cover, though. I will say that. Artwork it's got a fine. sick-ass variant. <laughs> Artwork. Art- Artwork was fine, I will say that. But the rest of it, man, I could not get with. Um, Batman or Kevin that, Smith. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I always tell people that who want to argue with me, <laughs> Matt, that <laughs> that story is not a Batman story. Batman the Widening Gyre is what? what I, I already teed you. I teed you out like five Batman. minutes ago. <laughs> you can't tune me out of the interactive 
conversation, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spider-Man Sins Past was just sick, I thought. Um, you guys forget that one. Um, Spider-Man was fighting these two twins. Um, um, Mephisto bullshit. Yeah. Oh, no, that this was the one where it was the twins who were the offspring of um, Norman Osborn and Gwen Stacy. I don't remember that one. Oh, it was. It's probably best that you don't. And it had a <laughs> scene where, like, basically, had, like a scene of Gwen Stacy having sex with Norman Osborn, and like it showed a panel of him, a middle-aged guy we're talking about, by the way, and like you know whatever. But also, like one panel was him, and the next panel was the Green Goblin, and the next panel was him. Just really, really weird. Um, kind of sick when you think about it. And there's some other scenes I'm not even gonna mention here that were just disgusting. So that was there. Uh, Spider-Man One More Day had a slot marked in there just from the get-go. Um. The Death of Superman was weird. I say it was one of the worst comics because it was just a mindless fight for the entire comic. But I guess that's also what ended up making it really good because of it being... I think it was really a product of its time. Like, oh, Superman died. Wow, this is like an iconic moment, which it is. And, and up. Exactly, and it was. But if you read the comic in general, I mean, even the two um, movie or, or film adaptations of it, they build more backstory to make you feel for the loss of Superman because there is no build in the comics. It's just mindless beasts. Superman fights him. He's too strong. 30 pages later, Superman dies. And, yeah. and, and that's it. I think he saves the kid in one and then um, Lois Lane is crying over Superman's body. And those are the only emotional notes that you get in the story. So there's nothing invested, which is why I call it the Michael Bay of comics. Um, I'm not the only one who's called it that. But it, it definitely is that. It's just explosions, boom, bam, end of story. But yeah, what, what what bad comics do you think of Matt? I know you, you you know lightfully tuned me out here, but um, what are some bad comics you have? The rest of you guys, I like to know. Just throw in that pool of just horribly done comics or comic runs or anything of that sort. I mean, I think you you hit quite a few of them on the on the head. I mean, I understand why in Geyer, I get it. I I oh have a, I have love for it because it's it's Kevin. I don't care what your phone says. You don't you don't care. You really don't care. Okay. <laughs> I need to hear it again. Uh, one sec, one sec, one sec. Wait, here, here. Oh, well, Batman the Widening, what? Oh, but anyway, continue, Matt. I'm sorry, I didn't even distract you there. I mean, I, was, I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure you had one more day on there, and you do. So, I mean, I think you have a pretty solid list. Yeah, one more day is definitely that's the first thing I think of when because I remember when that storyline had first been advertised in previews everybody was so excited for it because they were acting like this is going to be the greatest spider-man storyline ever and the art was really good for that stuff yeah it was crap <laughs> okay so here's a question for you guys uh, having read it and, and and like right when it came out what could you have done or would you have done to have fixed that comic uh, the whole the whole ending with uh, him and mary jane forgetting each other get rid of it that was ridiculous. Mary Jane is uh, one of the things that makes Spider-Man so cool is Mary Jane. Like Mary Jane is is such a major character in Spider-Man mythos that she should all is she she's like Lois Lane. She should always be with Peter Parker. It's just the way it is. Anytime you you have that not happening, why fans just uh, love Mary Jane too much to take her away, and then they take her took her away for a long time because uh, she's so ingrained. Yeah. And the other thing that the, the big bad in that storyline, they really pumped him up, and it, it's a good idea. But it was it turned out to just be really lackluster. Um, what was that uh, Vorloon or something like that? The guy's Moron. name, yeah, Moron, yeah. 
Yeah, and they actually brought him in during Michael Straczynski's run. Yeah, and Jay Scott Campbell. Yeah, that, I thought that was a decent application of him. Yeah, he was a weird one-off villain, but it worked. I was like, wow, he's powerful, and then he was gone, and great. Bringing him back in the way they did there, you're right, was just ridiculous and only added to the absurdity of the story. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I, I, I can't think of any other storylines that just pop out of me as bad storylines. Um, Heroes Reborn, but that wasn't really yes. a, that. Yeah, that was more like a comic run, but that was horrible. Yes, the um, War II was kind of a shitty storyline. Civil War II, yeah. yeah, that was bad. What was the one with Onslaught? Oh yeah, just called? it was called Onslaught. Oh, it was called. There you go. Onslaught, yeah. Put that on the list. And Onslaught was a really cool character at first. He looked bomb. Tell you yeah. that. Um, we recently did secret work kind of sucked. Yeah. Sure. Infinite crisis ended really shitty, but Ooh, it was, not, yeah. but it started, it was a mate. Uh, I'm a big, that infinite crisis made me a huge fan of Superboy prime. I wish they'd bring back Superboy prime. He's so fucking evil and powerful that he, they did. He's just a really cool character. And that the way that they, they ended that, um, was a little lackluster, but it, overall, it was a decent storyline. Um, uh, Michael Stout put out that a uh, Spider Spider Island sucked. Yeah, Spider Island did suck. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, Kyle, you're right. The whole Secret War Two thing was absolutely terrible, and they ran with it for way too long. Yep, it's horrible. Yeah, wow. man. There's a there's a lot of them that I'm sure we're forgetting, but that's why they're bad because they're forgettable. There we go. Yeah. Well, then, wow, that was that was good. I'm gonna try to um, work, you know, bring in some more uh, comic adjacent stuff, little things like that. I kind of right, 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 guys. Well, I kind of think that uh, Spider Verse belongs on there. The comic run. You know yeah. what? Yeah. I like Spider Verse. They they've tried. They're trying so hard to make it work now, and I, you, it gave us some cool characters. But I think the overall overall arcing story of it was was kind of bad. I thought it was cool. I couldn't wait for the next for every issue of it. Yeah, because you wanted to see the next Spider-Man, right? The next universe. Just, just the whole thing that was going on, everything bouncing there, everyone was bouncing everywhere to here. It was I just I just thought it was cool. I, I got one and and it's not just a storyline as much as it is that a whole comic like uh Heroes Reborn, Ultimate X-Men. Ultimate X-Men was absolute garbage and it was coming yes, off was. the heels of Ultimate Spider-Man, which was so good. <laughs> That's like true. That was how bad. they had, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm I have no problem with uh, you know your sexual preference and stuff, but to have uh, Colossus be gay was kind of really it didn't help the storyline in Ultimate X Men. Um, and there was a there was just a lot of storylines that were really forced um, that I didn't like, and it, uh, the whole Ultimate line was supposed to be like a, a more realistic line. It just it was bad. Really bad. Ultimatum. That's what it was. Ultimatum was another one that was just, just straight up crappy carnage. But that's that's what one. it was. I got one. Original sin. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how do you yeah. kill the watcher? He's the he's a, the most powerful character in the universe, and you kill him now, and then it ends up being Nick Fury that kills him. What the fuck? Yeah, that was dumb. The whole life model decoy. That is. Oh. When they finally got that, I was actually pissed. Yeah, that was that was that was crazy. Um, if we're going down the Frank Miller classics, Batman: The Dark Knight Strikes Again was trash. 
Um, Batman, Dark Knight, Master Race was slightly better. But Strikes Again was just ridiculous. Um, you know, he wrote it around the time of um, the World Trade Center, and it was like, it seemed like he like drastically rewrote the story to kind of fit some of that. But it was an also market shift in direction. Um, if you notice, like the first, I think first two issues, it also took forever to come out, and then the remaining three, it was disjointed. The artwork was clunky. There was weird panels in so many of them that just had like backgrounds that was just ridiculous. Then there was like this Joker character that ended up being Dick Grayson. And he was like, I loved you, Bruce. And this and that was like, went a different way. And then it ended up with Batman cutting off his head, even though he was like regenerating himself and then threw him into like the fiery hell pit of the Batcave. It was just, a, I'm explaining the story as it's described. It was ridiculous. It was just grotesque. It was annoying. Um, Superman and Wonder Woman had sex for like eight panels, um, <laughs> eight spreads. Um, you know, Brainiac was a giant frog. Lex Luthor was just this horribly fat dude, and that's all he brought. And then he's brutally murdered. His Batman cheers on the people who kill him. It was ridiculous. The story was ridiculous. Yeah. Everything was ridiculous. Um, it was Frank Miller's effed up Justice League. And, and yeah, exactly. And it was after waiting 16 years um, for a sequel to literally the best Batman story of all time, um, next to Gotham by Gaslight. And that's what you get. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah I, I, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, those are some good ones yeah cool cool well I'm gonna get think, back on the grind making some lists and having some things there but that was something I definitely wanted to I thought we get a good conversation out of it get some names up you know I mean everyone knows the worst ones they kind of stick in your head with stories you have so many either good to decent ones that over the time you get ones that just did not land and didn't land then and didn't hold up well now and I think it's cool to reflect on that for me Grizzle Geek says yeah. Clone Saga Oh yes! Yeah, How did we forget one. that? I do not know. Wow! God, yes, that is probably number one all time, right? I mean, that oh, might God, be very close to number one all time on most people's list. Like, uh, me and Matt apart right now. What's that? Look, you can't tell me and Matt apart right now. I know. They really. I'm can't. trying to think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to rack <laughs> through my brain real quick and, and think. Like Clone Saga is a really good one that I can't believe none of us remembered. Yeah, well, I, I understand why we didn't remember it, but <laughs> I think you said Civil War Two. That's a bad one, also. Yeah, and yeah. then um, Secret Empire. Right? Yeah, and that whole like Battle World thing Marvel did. Secret World Two. That was Secret World. Yeah, II. was was pretty bad. Yeah. I know that there's one. There's, what was it? A lot of those stories right there that we were just talking about is what turned me off from Marvel for a long time. Oh yeah, I remember that. Right now it's it's there's very few. You know, I'm trying again because it's just. I felt. I got one. Hard. I got one that Kyle probably he might disagree with. The storyline where Dick Grayson was the secret agent. I like that. I thought I it just I, I if it's I don't I want to see Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Or Batman, one of the two. I don't want to see him. Yeah, he's not a cop. <laughs> well, like no, no, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was different. I thought Tim Seeley did a nice change. And it, I mean, it. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, I have to disagree with you there. Yeah, I think that um, was one that uh, Tim Seeley got kind of got you to really like Tim Seeley's writing. Yeah. I heard Watchmen. Wow. Someone says I heard Watchmen was racist. Is that true? I didn't think it was. 
I, I mean, it took place in a, it, it, it. It did an event that of something that happened. Probably was times that was less than glorious, if you will. Um, in and of itself, no. What's his face was though? What was that guy? Ozzy Mandius. No, he died. I mean, it's I'm forgetting. Uh, like, um, the sheriff, uh, the comedian, like comedian, sheriff, dude, comedian, comedian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are you? Well, it, I think you need to specify. Um, which Watchmen? Right, if we're talking the TV show or the comic book. Oh, the comics, sorry. No, no, I'm talking about who asked in the chat. Oh. I'm talking about the show. But they yeah. might be talking about because the show, you're right. The first episode just came out. But yeah, I mean, Comedian was in the comics, but I don't think the show, the show doesn't really touch on race. It's more society issues and... More of like kind of what we're facing today, and it, it's it's. I don't think it. I wouldn't say it has to do with race, would you, Kyle? No, I mean in the beginning, it was they took something from an, a moment of history. Yeah, but other than that, it just it dabble. I think the only reason you can get that out of it, since it's kind of like the Ku Klux Klan types that they're going after and stuff. I guess you can you can. You could say it was sprinkled with racism just because what the KKK is associated with, but I don't think they they were going at like a racist angle. No. Hashtag society is to blame. Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean it, it definitely touched more on the tension that society has right now as far as like the tension between police officers and the the public and. And, and, govern, and govern, govern the government and stuff like that. Yeah, it's and, and the way people feel like we're being manipulated by the government and things like that. That's why we shot him up. Yeah. But um, well, that's all I had on that one, boys. What was another one I was going to think of? You that sparked my like I I would I personally I know Brian disagrees with this. I'd put metal on there. I didn't care for metal at all. I think the ending of metal was garbage. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It gave us some cool characters, though. Yeah, metal. Yeah, definitely. Gave One of the most characters. overused, but the that Batman who laughs, right? Yeah. Oh my god. Year of the villain. Year of the Batman who laughs. Year of. No, I'm kidding. The whole year of the villain thing is kind of cheesy to me. Yeah, I, I really was hoping it was going to be a lot more impactful. But they they get they build it up as some huge event and like now I'm like barely reading tie-ins and there's a couple I'm looking at like oh that's interesting and I, and I genuinely believe that but for the most part yeah it's another one of DC's corny um, Dan DiDio led like a lot of huff and puff before like actually any meat behind it yeah I agree that happens so a lot with the books though yeah but like I don't even mind you being in love with those if they actually are events you could have just said, oh, we're having little random one-offs about, you know, the villains and, and, and giving a little shout-out to them or something low-key. DC's making his own so big and so interconnected. It's, it's neither. It's neither. And then Leviathan Rising, like, all these events, like, I, I, they're, they're marked as some super huge deal, and they're very, very forgettable. Like, even when you first pick them up, they're forgettable. As they start to tie in, the whole story's forgettable. Like, I agree with you, man. Like, they're forgettable. Yeah, exactly. Completely forgettable. Kind of sticking on, the, kind of sticking on the, the topic we're at hand and 
Brian and Kyle are, I'm glad that they're here to talk about this too. So I kind of wanted to do a deep dive into a little bit into crisis on infinite earth storyline for people who might not be familiar with it, that watch the CW shows because Batwoman arrow um, flash they're They're getting into the meat and potatoes of, of the crisis and, and flash kind of has started to kick it off with Barry Allen coming to terms with that. He's got to die in crisis and, and everything that's going to happen with that going to the future and, and seeing what happens to him the day after a crisis is supposed to happen. So kind of explain to the people a little bit who might not be familiar with the comic storyline, like what happens with crisis and why it's such a big deal. Well, the point of crisis was Marv Wolfman was saying, I'm going to get rid of all these different, all these different universes. I'm going to make, one DC universe. So this was I have loose ends. This was his way of getting rid of everything else and making it one. And this is what the whole basis of Crisis is on. I actually learned something interesting today about Crisis that I didn't know is that w- before the Crisis on Infinite Earth story event happened, that um, DC Comics storylines were very much like Marvel, where they were in disarray and kind of all over the place and not coherent and didn't make sense. And then Batman was. It's, the sales on Batman were so bad that they were actually considering canceling the book. Yeah. That was the reason why they were getting rid of all the other Earths. 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 That's, that's what, uh, if you guys, you guys will hear this said a lot, uh, first post-crisis appearance. Crisis was such a big, a big deal that um, it kind of wiped the sw- slate clean on everything in the DC universe and they started fresh. It was one of the first times that any comic uh, company had done that and I think the first Batman storyline that kind of came out after Crisis was uh, year one if I'm correct right that's where they have the first that's why they call that the first post-crisis uh, Catwoman yada 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 so they kind of got these major um, writers who are the big wigs at the time to get set them up to write the first things that's where you got the John Byrne Superman uh, the Frank Miller Batman um You've you got a lot of things that kind of uh, with the whole wiping like a uh, the way Marvel and DC redoes number ones and stuff all the time, um, and it, it was cool at the time. Everybody loved it, but it it lasted a lot longer than any other um, time before it. They didn't rewipe the slate uh, until years later. With um, they had Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then they did one just called Crisis, and then they did one called Infinite Crisis, and they play on words of it all the time a crisis yeah um but it was such a big storyline that i think it was like considered the first real event uh storyline um and they got the biggest uh artist who was in the in in the world at the time which is george perez to do the art you know, he originally wasn't gonna draw that yeah yep and he got so excited about it that he got to get into it that it's it, I don't think it would be the same if he didn't. Oh, beautiful covers, too. Oh, man. Oh. Uh, an- another thing that's kind of crazy is that there's, uh, I mean, of course, you have the death of Barry Allen, which is a big deal. Um, and then you have the death of Supergirl, which is a big deal. But you also have some crazy first appearances that a lot of people don't know about, like uh, the f- real first appearance of uh, Constantine's in Crisis. He's in the background. Uh, George Perez wrote him in the background of a of an issue. Um, I think another big thing about Crisis was that was one of the first times that a, a lot of characters die. Yes. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, a lot of characters died. A lot of characters. Um, a lot of characters met each other too, right? I mean, that was there was because they brought all the worlds together. So, I, like you know, at one time you had the the JSA were on a different world as the Justice League. Um, you had the Earth one, you know, the different Earths, Earths one through like seventy something or something like that, right? Earth S and yeah, Earth. Three Earth S. Um, you had Superboy Prime. That's where Superboy Prime first showed up. Uh, yeah, it was just a crazy event. It was probably like the first real comics event um, that ever happened. And the whole monitor thing was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. That was kind of uh, DC's take on the Watcher. Yeah. Kind of like that entity. And uh, that was kind of crazy. Um. Yeah, it was just a crazy event. Absolutely nuts. It's one worth the best, reading if you haven't. Read. Yes, yes, one of the best reads. But you still have to kind of know some history of those characters, kind of like Kingdom Come. It doesn't take a lot, though. I mean, as you're reading it, you can be like, "All right, I need to see this. All right, I need to see this." Yeah, I definitely think you both are right. Like, yes, it it it, it pays or behooves you to have some like background information, but not utterly necessary because you're right you catch on know the basic tenets of some heroes and go along with the story from there so yeah right down the middle with that i agree with you so corbin i know you're caught up on the dc shows you were saying right you're watching batwoman and arrow and flash what yeah. what is um what is your thought of them using a, a harrison wells and flash as parish I don't know. The, uh, okay, so I'm the, of all of them. The Flash is the one that's giving me the, the hardest time of like understanding what's going on. Um, and when I don't mean that, as far as like I get the story, but I'm thinking of all these shows, that, except for Batwoman, of course, since it's really just first season, as not so much the present, but how does it tie into Christ on Infinite Earths? What are the storylines going to change? Because I think each show has a. It's basically three seasons in this one season you have before crisis you have the show you have after crisis so with this one i think it's interesting like i, I mean with with um wells the wells twist i think it's it's an interesting twist i just don't understand the um i i i don't even know if it's like the substance or or, or how important it is let's just say that like i'm not really buying it too much on the flash right now because apparently the flash is supposed to die too so how much of this stuff is really going to matter and how much is it going to be canceled out well so so for people who may not know what's the significance between flash and supergirl having to die in this in this series so in the comic series they both die and it was each i i well, it wasn't around during the time but obviously it was each significant losses that no one really saw coming in the DC community. I think that they both died trying to, I think that Supergirl is fighting the Anti-Monitor or doing something there. I know Flash was um, trying to save some of the heroes at the time um, in the comics. They both met their demise. Um, I think in the CW universe, they're, or I don't think, in the CW universe, they're subbing Arrow for Supergirl, and then apparently Barry Allen the Flash is supposed to die as well. Um, the, the question, though, is that like, unlike Arrow, which is ending, the Flash by all accounts is still going to go. So, are they going to bring Barry Allen back? Is it going to be a Wally West um, Flash is going to move on here? Are they going to reverse that? What is going to happen? And also, if people remember the last um, Elseworlds crossover, Arrow no, agreed to I'm not now. Funny, <laughs> Arrow agreed to like sacrifice or know that he will be. He made a deal with the Monitor to sacrifice his life in exchange for theirs. 
um, or save their lives. So was it just during that one time? Will Barry do something in this upcoming crossover that will negate that? It's The significance is that we know that they're the two biggest characters who not only died in the comic series, but were dead for years. They didn't come back for a while. Um, and that was significant. So how is it going to tie into this crossover is a question I have on my mind, but I have the slightest clue as to how that would work, theory-wise. What, well, what if they do something like, we know that... Um, I can't think of, I can think of his name. Um, Flash from the, the evil Barry Allen Flash that was in, what, season two or three? Zoom, I think it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had so many speeches. What do you think the, the... Yeah, right? The possibility is of them going back through some type of... Going back in time some way to get him to repl- to take Barry Allen's place. Because they say Barry Allen has to die. They don't say what Barry Allen. And then they continue on with the show from there. It's, I, I really hope they wouldn't. I mean, I almost, I think I agree with you. And I think they would do something like that, but I would hope they wouldn't. I wouldn't want them to cheap the death of the Flash in that way. But you're right. That would be interesting. They could do something similar to that. They might as well get it done now. I think it wouldn't hold any water or any kind of weight if that were to happen in... Um, in um, Christ and Infinite Earths. Like, like whatever, um, going back in time, whatever you're going to do, do that in these episodes that are establishing that. I do have one theory, and that's that the Flash that they kill will end up being the one from the 90s TV show. Oh, uh, you think it's going to be the, the Jay Garrick Flash? Yes, His that dad? Barry. Yeah, I think it'll be that Barry. I mean, all multiple worlds are destroying anyway. A Flash did die. Wasn't he the Barry of that universe? You know, bam. Like, make that happen. But thing. even then, it's yeah, it's interesting, and I mean, he's been in enough of them, and it would make it an ultimate like Endgame esque type deal by closing out the chapter on that Flash completely, um, especially since we've seen him in previous crossovers in the CW universe. But that's my theory. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but I think that's more than likely what would happen. That, that I mean, yeah, I, I maybe it's just me, but have you found arrows? Good job. Yeah, Gordon. you did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Now, with Flash, for me, personally, it almost seems like it's hard to keep track of what's going on with that storyline. I know, like, you, the, the Flash is setting you up for Barry Allen's death and, and Crisis, but, like, Arrow is trying to, like, get you ready for Crisis. And I'm watching the first episode of Arrow, and I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck is going on here? Like, I didn't catch that he was in... Earth 2 until later on when they like wipe out Earth 2. And I'm like, oh, oh wow. okay, <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> he was but, in that one. Hey. Yeah, it's just it's just weird the way they're they're approaching Crisis without a lot of the key players intact and how they're subbing out people for it. But, Have they shown the um Kingdom Come universe yet? They haven't done any of that yet. It's just it's been the build up. And it, what is it like it's December when the the crisis event happens. Yeah. yeah, and they show a couple episodes, and you have their uh, mid mid season break, and then it takes over, I think, on Supergirl, and then it also be, ends up being like a uh, it, the last episode is going to be a Legends of Tomorrow, and that's also going to kick off that season since that's like going to start midway through. It's weird. Yeah, and that's like after their mid season break, so it's like after exactly. they come back from the holiday break. Yeah, and, and we're all going to tune to Legends of Tomorrow, which I never watched because it ends up being the close of Christ and Infinite Earth. So it's the beginning of the new show and the close of this one on that show. It, tricky how they did it. I'll give them that. And that's also Brandon Routh. Like, he's leaving that show at that point, isn't he? I know he's supposed to be leaving. 
heroes yeah. or legends. They're already yeah, they're already leaving um they're already off of what was he, Dr. Palmer mm-hmm. in Legends. Yeah. Um and they're already exiting that. So I would imagine this is the last one. Now the question is whether he's gonna be like two different characters, um, Palmer and the Superman. In fact, there's a bunch of actors, um, actresses as well in those roles that we wonder if they're gonna double in certain ones because they're bringing back um, some of the original cast from Birds of Prey, which was like the first CW superhero show. And um, the Alice, I forgot the actress name, but Alice in Batwoman was Canary or Black Canary in Birds of Prey. So will she double up as Alice and the Batwoman and then also be part of the universe of that one since she was the protege hero back then they were building up in that original show. And you know what I mean? There's going to be multiple um, characters in this rich lineage of CW, um, DC shows that have played multiple roles that could either double up as one or the other to add some history to that one, close that out, will also be in the current iteration of the character they are. Um, There's a lot of different ways they can go with it. I'm interested in seeing it. I am putting so much unrealistic expectations on the show, and I understand that, (laughs) but I am so hyped for it. It just seems like it's going to be so much fun, Um, even within the context of wonky CGI, because they've probably already burst their budget just bringing in all these actors. And half of them, I think, are going to die in, like, the destruction of all these worlds anyway. But I think it's still interesting. Like, you got fucking Kevin Conroy, Burt Ward, you know, Smallville cast. like Rich Corbin. Huh? I'm sorry. I got (laughs) hyped. But, like, yeah, like, you got... It's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it, even though I know, like, I'm holding up a high, high bar for a show that, like, I'll be happy if it just gets, like, net level expectation. But the fact that they're being so ambitious, I, I, even, I couldn't see this. It could crash and burn, and I would still support it because they tried to push the envelope with this. Like, no CW show, no, no, no kind of weekday kind of thing is, is kind of getting that much anticipation for the last, like, seven months for nothing yet. We haven't even seen anything yet. We're just really pouring over cast photos and everything. Like, we get it. It's been a slow comic year you know, after the movies and everything, but even that wouldn't generate that much interest. Yeah. <laughs> Grizzle Geek says Flash turns into the lightning bolt that created himself and becomes the speed force. <laughs> Grizzle Geek never changed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, and that's what you were kind of saying, Corbin. That's one thing that worries me about this is like, they're putting so much hype about all these other characters that they're getting, like you said, Burt Ward and, and they're getting the Smallville cast. And it, like, are they just going to be a blip? They're going to be a blip in, like, you see a scene of them wiping out an Earth, and it's just that Earth. Like, I really hope, like, some of these characters have... I know Lois Lane from Smallville is going to, but I really hope some of these characters have a bigger role in Crisis than what we're, what we're being led to, to see. Yeah, definitely. Because it's going to be interesting. Either way, I'm definitely ready to tune into that. But, you know, Batwoman is keeping me uh, tied over until then. Yeah, that I, yeah, he's saying that's what happened in Crisis, is that Flash turned into a lightning bolt that created himself becoming the Speed Force. Yeah, but um, what kind of is happening right now in Flash? I had to read it. Yeah, it's been a minute since I read it, but I do remember some of that happening. In years, I gotta crack open the book tonight. <laughs> I'm just interested to see what they're doing with like Cisco getting rid of his his powers and kind of where where all this is leading to and. It, no more shows. Yeah, it literally feels like it should be like that should lead to the end of all the CW shows, but they just started Batwoman, so I don't know if that's gonna hold water. Mm-hmm. But and Hush was in this last episode, or or at least uh, the Good Doctor was. Uh, what? Oh, it was, I mean, it, it wasn't actually Hush. It was Hush. It was um, what's his name? Yeah. Um, Jason Doctor. Bartner. 
Ay, ay, ay. I'm what killing was myself right what now. Was the end? What? It's going to bug me. Um, that the one. guy who... Oh, okay. Who, okay. Who's Hush? Who is Dr. T- Elliot, 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 what? Elliot, what? Elliot, what? Um, ay, ay, ay. Tommy Elliot. Thomas Elliot. Okay, there we go. It was killing me. Anyway, he's he was in... It was. I, I, was I literally like, see you is. dying over there. It was killing yeah, you. Was, You're dead. You are dead now. Oh yeah, but he was in it. Um, apparently, um, we have lost Corbin. He's the first casualty in Crisis on Infinite podcasts. Boom! <laughs> I turned myself into the light that sparked the multiverse. Trying to remember who Hush was, but um, yeah, in this latest Batwoman episode, um, Tommy Elliot came back into Gotham because he had heard that um Batman was back, even though obviously it was Batwoman. And he was trying to take Batman out with this special gun that was the only gun that could penetrate Batman's armor. So this is where CW gets stupid and corny with it. Um, But basically, was like she was like, "How did you find out that Batman, that Bruce Wayne was Batman?" And then Tommy's like, "Well, I I paid someone to riddle it to me, or something like that." Which obviously is like, "Okay, the riddlers exist in this universe." It was interesting. Um, It was also the first episode where. Um, Kate Kane actually went and used her own, you know, the red the red wig and everything, like the Batwoman look, instead of the modified bat suit she was using for the first two episodes. So that was cool. Um, uh, Elliot at the end was sent to Arkham, so I'm sure he'll be back, and, and maybe they'll build it out to make it into a hush type of thing. But they already basically made the character. They kind of just took it down to his bare bones. Like, okay, the Riddler told me who Batman was. I hate Batman for not letting me kill my parents, and now I'm going to kill Batman. But Batwoman came in to stop it. So it's like Batwoman's going to be that like Batman-adjacent kind of dude for a lot of these uh, rogues gallery villains of Batmans, which is interesting. At least we get to see their interpretations. Have you guys seen – this is kind of off topic, but I was looking up that Hush thing, and it brought me to this image – have you guys ever seen those Mediacom toys? Look at this. No. This is crazy. Um, look how badass these are. These, it's, it's called, this is the Mediacom Hush figure. Oh, that's, not, that's pretty cool. And it's fully posable. Oh, wow. How crazy is that? I, I can't believe I never heard of these. Sorry, I'm way off topic, but look no, how beautiful cool, yeah. that is. Absolutely, and and they do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like um, uh, they have a, a a Dark Knight figure. Yeah. Anyway, so and they're reasonably priced. Yeah, the hundred bucks for for that one. But um, there's a there's a uh, look at this one. I love that one. That's the Dark Knight Returns. I mean, it's, look at that. You could pose it like that. That'd be cool. It'd be cool to have on your desk pose like that. Yeah. Uh, how much is that? 109 bucks on Amazon, but oh, wow. I don't know, man. It's pretty amazing what they got going on now for, for toys. <laughs> so anyways, my bad. They're long gone from the 999 action figures you used to get from Walmart as a kid. No. Right? <laughs> Jesus. The, the, Absolutely crazy. G.I. Joe two pack you used to be able to get. Yeah. <laughs> But um, kind of so just kind of just rounding out tonight's show here, just some stuff to kind of talk about is that uh, Joker Joker has finally passed Deadpool to be the all-time grossing rated R movie. I don't think it. It's kind of weird that that's in that category. I feel like uh, it's it's not really a comic movie. You know what I mean? I mean, Joker's yeah. a comic character, but I just I don't look at it as much of a comic movie as I look at Deadpool. 
Yeah, I completely know? agree. It doesn't count to me. It counts, obviously, but like, does it really? Yeah. yeah, because it went out of its way this entire time to say that it wasn't a comic book movie. So therefore, we're not going to use that to measure against an actual comic book movie as far as like a rated R movie. But then they know if you take that away, then all of a sudden it's not as big. So I gotta, I haven't had my chance to talk about Joker with you guys yet, but I just got to bring up one point that uh, it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think about this because I just Kyle just checked real, out. Kyle's like, uh, Kyle's like, I'm done. I'm out. It, it, well, I'm just going to say this one quick thing. It almost ruined it for me. Almost? He's so much of a pussy. <laughs> like, the Joker is a smart, diabolical, you know what I mean? And he is That's just... That guy. Yeah, and he it's just... He's a big old pansy ass. Yeah, he's just too much of a pansy. Um, And I get it. I guess that's they're trying to put their little spin on it, but I don't know. I just don't see the Joker as being that much of a... Of a pansy. I think, I think Be careful, gotta, don't trigger Matt. No, you're not going to trigger me. I think the thing you got to keep in mind, though, is that this is the story of of his descent Origin? in becoming the Joker. So it's kind of like how he was. Oh, so he was a pussy before he came. Became well, the right, but like, but you kind of see that throughout the movie, though. Like he's he's kind of like that pussy pushover guy until he has that breaking moment when he, you know kills his mom and then goes on the TV the TV and shoots Murray in the head. He kind of has he has that descent and breaking moment where he just doesn't give a, a fuck anymore. And that's kind of like where I think that's what it's in, you know implied by when he's talking to the the therapist and he walks out and you see blood on his feet. Like he went from that that guy who you know wanted to be accepted to just not giving a fuck. Well, there's another part, too, that really makes me uh, – it, it shows how much music can make and break a movie. But that fucking song they used when he's dancing in the stairs is the worst song to use in a Joker movie. No I felt like I was at a Suns game, dude. <laughs> 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 hey! And he's, like, jump dancing around. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what? That was so terrible. They could have used so many cool, like, circus, cr creepy shit when he was... Like, even what they showed in the pre the pr trailers, it was a different song. It, it, ah. there, there's a couple... There's another song that I felt out. I, I agree with you on that 100%, Brian. There's another song that they play in there that I was like, this feels really out of fucking place in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, there was a couple, couple of times where they had stuff that was just really out of place. I mean, it, it definitely goes to show that Joaquin Phoenix is... A bad motherfucker, man. That dude is badass. Like, when it comes to just being a crazy badass actor. It's actually cool if they had Gary Glitter a song. Really? Yeah. Not me, yeah. considering Gary Glitter is a huge fucking chomo. I, I mean, that. besides that, but, <laughs> but that's, you know, rock and roll part two. Yeah, I don't know. I felt like I was all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm in a Suns game. <laughs> I think one thing the Joker did though that is it got people talking about this movie, and everyone has a different theory on it and a different like interpretation of the movie, and it's just it gets conversation started about it, which I think not very good. What's that? So my interpretation is it's not very good. Uh, well. We've all kind of given our opinions. Let me ask you, Brent. Would you want to see more from this universe? 
Would you want to see more with his Joker? No. I'd want to see more with his Joker just because I like Joaquin Phoenix, but not from that universe. Does that make sense? Yeah. You like you I liked just, the portrayal, but not the the way the movie was set up. Yes. I thought that the I thought there was just a couple things that and I am I'm trying to get better about just going into a movie and enjoying it and not nitpick it. But man, there was a couple things that just made it really hard for me to enjoy the whole thing. Like what? Uh, that song and yeah, that that song and that scene, and then how much of a wuss he is. Um, and like like Matt said, there was a couple songs where they just music in, in general is such an important part of a movie when it comes to score, the the major songs that you bring in, like it's so important. Um see I thought that song made it like he was finally like I am I'm fuck it. Like, dude, yeah, like, that's like, what I've like, heard a couple of people say. Like the uh like it's just it it was it was complete. This is you know what was happening is complete and as he's walking down the stairs it's kind of like an anthem but here's the other thing though like um i saw a i don't know if it was an interview or a little movie a little like a thing on youtube where he based like his dancing off of a guy that played um scarecrow in wizard of oz the actual actor that danced and like there's this really cool scene where they um replayed this dance that actor does it's called like um, soft foot or something like that. Um, it's a way of tap dancing to where you don't make it loud. And that dancer was doing those dance moves like back in the sixties and this black and white. And it was really cool. And, and I just thought to myself, Oh man, if they wouldn't have made that music, that be that music, that scene would have been so much more creepy. You know, that was impromptu also. What his dancing. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, because I know he – well, was it impromptu for him to do it at that time or to dance at all? Because he studied that dude's dance moves to dance like that. They just said it was impromptu. Like it wasn't part of the movie. He just started to do it. Same okay. thing with getting in the goddamn refrigerator. Yeah. Wow. I know. He's fucking – that makes him an epic actor. He got into his fucking refrigerator. But. Yeah. So awesome, man. Gutsy. Well, he, just, the crazy thing is just how – he he acts with his body in the movie. That's the craziest thing. Like he's really good at acting with his movements mm-hmm. in a way that's creepy as fuck. Well, apparently so. that's that's all him. Like none of that's prosthetics. Like I guess he's got body deformity issues, and he's got a like a fucking pigeoned um, shoulder blade and and shit. So it's all fucked up. That's just the way he is. Yeah, which makes it cool even dude. creepier. To be honest. Yeah, he lost what, like fifty pounds to play that role, and he was already skinny as fuck. I'm gonna lose fifty pounds so I can play a pretty cool role too. Called <laughs> <laughs> oh, not having a stroke. Yeah. Oh, hey man, I gotta give a hand for you, man. You've been been doing good with that, dude. Yeah. Sounds like you finally got got that shit uh, started under control. So congrats. Killing it. Yeah, dude. The fucking <laughs> tough to do. <laughs> not being the next Jose, huh? Yeah. I don't. No, I don't want it to happen. Yeah, it's good, man. If eating green things makes me not have a stroke, then fuck it. I'm eating green things. Yeah. Damn right. I'm All right there. Uh, Martin Scorsese has started walking back his his Marvel or his comments on Marvel movies not being cinema and just saying that they're a different type and not his type of cinema. Hmm. 
Well, yeah, he caught a bunch of shit. Now it's time for him to backpedal. Well, even the, yeah. even a bigger director like came to his um, his defense too. Like another big name director uh, backed him up on his claims too. And who? Um, who was another it? famous guy? I forgot. Who his is name, to though. say what somebody thinks is cinema? You know, that's all in the eye of the beholder, and that's the guy who made me the off. Earth and Godfather. No, I'm joking, Brian. I yeah, know. Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> it was yeah. Ford Coppola. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you know what I hear when Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola do that? I hear a fucking whiny old man. You know what I mean? That's something yep. your grandfather said. Turn off that fucking terrible music. What the fuck are you watching? This shit is terrible. You know, this isn't real art. Who is to say what art is? You know, art's in the eye of the beholder. I so, am the ending say on art. Have you have you ever guys ever seen some of Scorsese's early pictures? They're fucking dog shit. So it's pretty rough. I don't know. I kind of that kind of pissed me off when he did when they both did that to begin with. And then the last little bit of news I have this week that will probably crush some people is that Freeform has canceled Cloak and Dagger. No! <laughs> Shit. Oh my god. I have, a, I, have a, I think they're going to Disney Plus and they're going to be yeah. a bigger role in there. So To be honest with you, I haven't watched an episode. So. Neither have I. I watched the first season and then... Haven't and that's why it was canceled. Yeah, was probably. the first season any good? I enjoyed the first season. It made me want to go back for a second season, but... It's freeform, and it's a, a channel. I still am like, oh, it's ABC Family, and I'm, it's freeform now. I don't care about the channel anymore. Yeah, it's kind of how you, um, whenever anything's on the WB, they had that stigma for a while. Yeah. So here's my name drop, or here's my hot take. I don't think, much like in the comics, I don't think that Cloak and Dagger are able to headline their own title. I think yeah. they're best suited as complimentary characters. Um, yep. And that's my thought process. When they're in their own comic run, they had a short-lived one. And it was short-lived for a reason. Uh, the show just going over longer than a year was more than I expected. I just don't think you could build enough compelling storylines around just those two without like a dynamic Gambit. with a third hero. Huh? Kind of like Gambit. Exactly. So from that point, it just didn't hold true to my own personal intent on them. And I still feel that way. And I think if this doesn't go to Disney+, Plus, it just is another tack on my board as to why I'm right about that. Look at this guy. He's got a board that he counts the times he's right on. It's right here, but it's like on the lower level, you can't see it through. The, I can't adjust it so you can see it, but it's right here. It's just a nice little board. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of glue and glitter and Gary. Yeah. Angry marks when I'm wrong about something like Sony and Spider-Man. Oh, there's a lot of angry marks there. Not like... Oh, oh boy. Uh, I saw something I thought was on my camera, so I went to wipe it. But I'm really just tired, and so I made that up in my head. Do you guys believe <laughs> that, that Batman Beyond, before it even came out this week, it was a $20 book? Uh, hey, I got to tell you, that that cover is beautiful, man. Who got that? Oh, who got that? Oh, I got that book. <laughs> oh, and he's about to give it away to the first person who messages him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you get, oh. Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> did you get the one where it's the chick on the cover? Or did you get the one where it's Batman on the cover? Batman. So what? So the one where it's the chick is even better, dude. Yeah. I I I only ask for the variant cover, so that's all I get. I don't get any cover A's. So uh, what's making that book a twenty dollar book? A twenty dollar book. Well, one the cover is gorgeous. Um, 
Let me. Sh uh, I have it right here. Anyways, the cover is gorgeous. Um, and two, the whole. I think it's the whole Batman, uh, Batwoman. Uh, you know, DC's smart. Yeah, they're gonna release something about Batwoman at the same time the the TV's coming out. And um, but that that issue uh, was actually it was like Kyle said, it, it came off the presses of a $20 book. So yeah, to be a brand new book and to jump in the, the hot list that fast is fucking crazy. Let me see if I can find a picture of it. That's anyways. Are yeah. You, are any of you uh, sticking with the, uh, the Hickman X-Men stuff now that powers and house of X are over? I'm I having a hard time. Really? Um, same. I'm laboring, but I'm going to stick through it. I'm going to try. Uh, I mean, I'll continue to read it, but I just wish they wouldn't have done like uh, some of the titles they chose, like Excalibur. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Did, I think it's like the same thing you were talking about with with uh, the channel name. When I think of Excalibur, I think of shit. Because that book was so crappy in the 90s. Like, Marauders, the book that just came out this past Wednesday, Marauders, following Kitty Pride's team, that book actually surprised me, and I'm interested in that book specifically now. Yeah, so, and the fact that they brought back they're bringing back they brought back the original Pyro, which was interesting too. This is that uh, Batgirl cover. If you if you can see it there, it's I just think it's a really cool cover. And for some reason, I thought it was a uh, Cubert because that looks like Cubert's. Um, oh, it's Bat. Oh, so it's the first appearance of Batwoman Beyond. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you can tell she's got the red hair, so they're kind of tying it into the TV show. Mm -hmm. I thought it was very cool. I yeah. did not get that cover. Yeah. Is that the I mean the reg the regular the the other cover is just is beautiful too, but it's just that one's really good. Yeah. You know? The one time yeah, yeah for all the all the B covers bites me in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like when I went there, it was sold out. So the orders, I mean, the orders I got one is because Batman Beyond's on my pull list. Same. I can't wait to get mine. Did you guys see the Art Germ cover that came out? Uh, it's on, it's shared on the screen there if you want to see it. It this is um, it's kind of weird how they did it. Oh uh, yeah, I have they, that cover. Did you get the one with the um, the secret variant with the uh, action slate at the bottom? They're calling it the chalk variant. Uh, I don't think so. I think I've got that specific cover. That, the one so if you got this specific now. one, then you got the chalk variant. This is the Hold chalk on. variant. The other one has a, a trade dress in it. But that is just, to me, that is probably, I think that's top three art germ covers ever made. Oh, yeah. I mean, fucking beautiful, man. Look, it has that like a 1930s feel. No, no. no yeah. that's not the chalk variant. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, this, and they're both really nice. Um, but uh, the chalk nice. variants selling for a little bit more because they usually they, when they do those secret variants they don't do them on variants and this was a variant that had a secret variant too so it made it a little bit more crazy collectible but uh, uh, by far Art Germ's best best one of his best covers I mean the gun is really cool uh, she's got the spider spider woman uh, dress thing on just really cool. So at least it's not going for a lot. No, no, I'm not yet. No. So it's going for about thirteen bucks on eBay right now. 
beautiful. Absolutely well, beautiful. I just bought it, so that was not 13 bucks anymore. <laughs> Uh-oh, don't don't turn into uh Chuck. Chuck told me the other night he goes, "Man, I have to stop myself. I'm buying all these books. I'm pre-ordering all these books and the next thing I know, I've got 100 books showing up at my door because it's so easy to pre-order." Welcome to the club. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like walking into the, your, your comic shop and you missed a couple weeks and they hand you a stack this big. Oh, man, that was me a couple weeks ago. It's just- Honestly, that's going to be me heading to Tucson. <laughs> because I missed last one. I missed. I'm like, you know what? I'll just get it next Wednesday or next Thursday. You go to um, uh, Greg's? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I have I have a nice little big stack waiting for me. Actually, I think I'll probably get it on the way on Friday. So I have something to get into. What do you say? I said, ooh, this person has three of them. What? Issues of that, Mary Jane. Oh, yeah. that's up. I'm, okay. I'm not listening. I'm I'm on the buying comic books. No, you're fine. You're <laughs> fine. I, I'm used to being. No, I'm fine. I think uh, was funny. it Greg that uh, bought John's collection? Yeah, he's having a, what an old. I mean, he's doing. I know they're doing the old man con. Uh, the Saturday after um, Tucson. Tucson. Con. And then he's doing uh, unveiling size big sale in December as well. That's when he's selling John's comics. Yeah. That must be when he's doing that. Yeah. He's bringing some, I think he's breaking the park. He brings some over to the con that, um, I guess we're going to have a bunch of comic guys and a bunch of old comic writers there as well. So that'll be interesting. The, the, the writer of uh, Gotham by Gaslight will be there. So that'll be big for big fans of good literature. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. cool. <laughs> man, Matt is intent on something. Man. What's going on, Matt? Not much. He's all zoned out. Yeah, it's late. Uh, oh. No, I was just listening to you guys. Um, oh. uh, it's going to be interesting, this whole Todd McFarlane thing tomorrow. I just wish it wasn't way the hell out in BFE. I do too, but I'm going. Yeah. No, nah, man, like I said, I wish I could meet you guys out there. You guys will be like so close to where I'm at right now. Well, where I'm working at. So you are. Well, you know what, man? We, what we should 10 minutes do... away, just working. Yeah, what we should do is if there's a line to get everything, you know, when we get like close, you know, to the front, we should call you and say, hey, if you can get over here quick, you just jump in the line with us, get your books and then go back to work. Yeah, just stay with Work as quick as I can and as done with that I'm heading. Just come cut in front of everybody. Fuck them. Uh, hey, hey, I work in a library, guys. Have some respect for me. No, it's not going to go over well. But just is, you got to be fine. Is this the line? And then just. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know where I gave up. No, yeah. It uh, sounds like he's only signing one book per, though, right? Yeah. That's kind of his norm. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I was kind of stoked because it sounded like uh, he was, he's like, I'm going to be signing all Todd McFarlane books. I'm thinking, oh, does that mean more than one? No. It just means that he's not going to pass on. He At one point, he was kind of, he wouldn't sign certain books. So. I was thinking about getting like my Matina Spider-Man 300 signed, but then I was just like, I have so much stuff signed by Todd McFarlane that. Yeah, I just want to get the Spawn books. I do too. I mean, I might. I mean, it's kind of hard to go there and not get something signed, though. Yeah, maybe get those signed. No. Yeah, I'm with you. Because then you've got to red label them and. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't want to do all that. 
Like I was thinking, like I wanted to my Spidey nine eleven book since I already have it by Ramita Jr. The other dude that that did that book that does the um, he does the the New York skyline. Yeah, it's going to be at Las Vegas Con, and like it crossed in my head. Oh, do I want to have somebody crack this book and get that other sketch done and then get it regraded? Yeah. I was like, oh, do I want to do that? And then I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I was like, <laughs> I have to do that because is he going to come here and I'm going to be able to do it? Probably not. And this is probably my opportunity that to have the Romita Spider-Man sketch and then the, the Skyline. Other Skyline sketch. Yeah. Hell yeah. So it's like, oh, man. There's a couple other artists that are going to be at the Alamo Draft House thing too. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't recognize him, but he uh, Todd said that it was a couple other artists that did spawn work too. So, Capullo should be a good event. Yeah, it'll be cool. It's interesting. I just wish it wasn't a way out good. there. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get up at like nine o'clock. Leave here at like nine o'clock just to get there by eleven. Right. Yeah. Shame we're so far apart. Yeah. Never felt more alone than when I come to the show with you guys. I'm fine. I'm going to try to get to school early and knock it out as fast as I can. Wow. I want to be done by like 10 and fucking drive as fucking fast as humanly possible out there. Yeah. yeah. So you'll be here by what, noon? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, it's what? It's still. It's it shouldn't be that horrible of a commute. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's funny. This over. I'm, I live about like 35, 40 minutes away from there myself. I work about that. Like I'm going over there, but like I don't live over there. So that's interesting. But yeah, should be fun, guys. I hope you know. Take oh, some, yeah. take, share some experience. If I can get free, I'd like to drop by for sure. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, he's dead in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Man but, can dream, guys. But anyway, that's all I have for this week, guys. Does anybody else have anything else you want to talk about? Kyle's over there yawning. Kyle, nothing. I got record six. <laughs> all right, guys. Old. I want to thank everyone for hanging out. Oh, what were you gonna say, Kyle? Oh, Chuck came in and just said books are twenty five bucks. I was wondering what books he's talking about. The spawn ones, probably. Oh, fuck that! That's awesome. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. So. All right, guys, I want to thank everyone for hanging out in the chat tonight um, and stopping in. And guys, remember to play the, the drink. Hit up Kyle to play the drinking game. Um, if you guys are interested in buying any of our Absolute Geek shirts, we got a new shirt dropping. Check out our Etsy store. Uh, I'll put the link in the description. It goes a long way to help support the show and getting gear and, and stuff like that. And it's a greatly appreciated when you guys rock our, our swag. So I can see someone other than Kyle rocking other people's stuff and our stuff. That's what it's all but, about. Uh, uh, yeah. If you guys like this episode, make sure to hit the like and subscribe button. Remember our road to 200. Max and Matt are going to like this. Uh, Max are going to like this episode. Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember our road to 200, guys. Uh, 200 subscribers. Kyle is giving away a slabbed book. Um, remember to subscribe to Bogcast. Subscribe to... Uh, you know, flip side. Uh, flip side, tales from the flip side. I just, Check out Brian's yeah. top 10 list. Yeah, I just, yep. I blanked on flip side. Yeah. But yeah, just posted. How do they find the top 10? 
Uh, just go to uh, Tales from the Flipside uh, YouTube channel. It'll be on there, or you can go to comicbookinvest.com, and it'll be there too. There you go. Um, and um, if you're in the Phoenix Valley and you're going to the McFarland event, you know, hit us up and you know, tell us, let us know that you're uh, fans of the show, and maybe uh, we'll hook you up with something there. Brian will grab your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle will give you a good old Christian side hug. <laughs> That's a good one. But all right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the FC Geek Podcast. If it's your first time listening to us and I on uh, YouTube, again, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, just a notice for everyone listening: if you're watching on YouTube and you want to download our previous episodes, we are now on Spotify. So we are on iHeartRadio and we are now on Spotify. So it's even easier to find the podcast now. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> is that, that part show. of your drinking game? Is this to show your shirt? Because you do it at every show. No. Oh, damn. I thought Just I was so picking up on something. You're not yeah. picking up on a goddamn thing. Nope. But we are, uh, we're now on Spotify, so it's even easier to find the show. So if you're listening to this on the uh, digital on the audio version or on Spotify, make sure to uh, hit the, your- Yeah. Sir, I'm going to have to put you on hold so that I can see about getting you that credit for the uh, Absolute Geek uh, audiobook. <laughs> wow. Make sure to leave us a review if you're listening to this on the audio format. And as always, guys, we definitely appreciate you for uh, downloading and tuning in each week. So for this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I am Call Center Kyle. I'm Brian. Corbin Ford here. How may I help you? <laughs>